Friday when they said around 10.30 or so, well, let's, we're going to push it back from 120 to 220. And then, of course, they banged it around, uh, what, yeah. 1 o'clock or so? Unbelievable. Yeah, a lot going on over there, both on the field and uh, well, not so much intimating behind the scenes. Not so much going on on the field. One run well. in, two ga- in two games. And they gotta, that's got to change. But, hey, it's early. Jesse Rogers. We'll say it's early till the middle of June. The little guy, Jesse, talks Cubs in one hour, 10 o'clock. At 11 o'clock, he had a great angle the other day over at the Sun-Times. Patrick Finley will join us. His angle, what would it take in front of the Bears' uh, eighth pick, one through seven, uh, where the Bears might say, hey, you know what? We might be looking to trade down. A lot of uh, uh, prospects there, so we're busy today. Glad you're with us. We'll keep you posted on any news we get from Wrigley Field. Uh, Oh, let's start off with our Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter poll. The 9 o'clock poll question is, vote right now at ESPN 1000. (laughs) If Jason Hayward can't hit, which I guess that's sort of uh, a given, but let's say if Jason Hayward continues to not hit, a, B, C, or D, A. Keep him for his defense and his speed. B, keep him for his leadership. C, A and B, keep him for his defense, speed, and leadership. Or D, you just can't afford to keep him around. Vote now at ESPN 1000. See, so you can keep him around like the Bears kept Mark Sanchez around. Carry a clipboard. Yeah. And that clipboard must have been heavy if he needed PEDs in order to. Well, back when he was with the Jets and the, who else he might have been with, he could have used some performance enhancing yeah. something. Yeah, it's tough to use performance enhancers for. Uh, for a guy that can't perform? For carrying a clipboard. <laughs> oh, my God. 332 uh, Today we're going to try to bounce around, hit a lot of topics for you. We do know real quickly that the uh, White Sox game has been uh, postponed hmm. due to what they're calling inclement weather. They should just say due to snow. How much are they going to get? Supposed to get a foot over the weekend. That's Minneapolis. It'll yeah. happen. <laughs> yes, it is. It'll have Got a, uh, a message uh, last night from big White Sox fan, uh, Garage uh, Joe, uh-huh. if you listen, Joe. And uh, he said, Murph, how come they didn't build a stadium with a, you know, a dome or a retractable roof up in Minneapolis? And I had to uh, uh, go back to good old uh, Mr. Uh, old Man Stalzer, my neighbor when I was a kid. And he said, young man, I'm about seven years old. I had no idea what he was talking about. He goes, it's always about the money. Yep. I heard and then was- he said, Sonny, <laughs> yeah. it rhymed. I heard that it would have cost about an extra $90 million to uh, yeah. put a roof on uh, Target Field. Right. So. so I texted back to good old Garage and Joe. I said, it's always about the money, Sonny. And uh, I said, number one, and most likely, the uh, fine taxpayers of the city and the county and the state up there around Minneapolis-St. Paul said, no way, we're not paying anymore for this type of thing, for a, a private enterprise. And uh, also, another thing comes into play. Fred, I mentioned this last week. Let's, let's put this in under the heading of uh, of all the great statements, uh, of the great uh, quotes uh, from uh, Mark Twain. Uh-huh. And he had a lot of great ones, you know, but I think his best one might have been, 
And when you Google it, they say, well, it wasn't really a tribute right. to DeMarco. It was from 1782, but whatever it was. Everybody talks about the weather, but nobody does any, ever does anything about it, right? Uh-huh. Well, it would be very easy to do something about it. You just start the season. Here, when I was a young pup, Fred, the baseball season started on April 15th. What's today? April 14th. Yep. All right. Wouldn't help in Minnesota, but... Well, but tomorrow <laughs> would be opening day, Coast, April right. 15th. And it'd still be a lot closer to better weather than what's been going on for the last two weeks around uh, Major sure. League Baseball. I don't know how these guys, and this is not a, you know, a belly aching for the rich millionaires, but... I played ball. We all played ball at one point, Little League, high school, wherever you washed out, right. you know. But it was whoever liked to play hard ball with a wooden bat in this kind of weather or out there trying to catch a rocket back to you at shortstop. Whoever wanted to play in this type of weather, and I don't care if you're from the Dominican or if you're from Canada, no one likes to play in this weather. Well, here's a quote from Mark Twain that will work for today. In the spring, I have counted 136 different kinds of weather inside of 24 hours. That was him, right? Yeah, that oh, was Mark Twain. Oh, he's he had a million of them. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I'm just looking at 10 of them, and that was one of them, and it works out perfectly because you've got, in some <laughs> places, it's 80 degrees. St. Louis, I think, yesterday was 80. Well, uh, south know. of uh, I-80, down right. by Kankakee, was in the 70s. Yeah, and uh, it, it's going to be bad today. I'm waiting for them to postpone it. And as you mentioned, though, we were talking upstairs, the Braves only come in once. Well, that's the other problem. That makes it a bit of a problem. That's why the White Sox played last mm-hmm. week on the day the Cubs postponed their opener. Plus, the Cubs had a day where they could say, we'll postpone it. We've got an open day tomorrow. That's yeah. why we do those things. That made sense. Let me tell you something about what the Cubs did to the fans on opening day that was uh, snowed out. It, it, it was uh, It was embarrassing. I don't know who's in charge over there, if it's uh, Ricketts, if Theo gets involved, if it's Crank. I don't know who's involved. But for these guys to a 10.30, delay, say we're pushing back to start from 120 to 2.20, when there was never a chance to play, right? never a chance to play, it, it was uh, worse than wrong. It, it was loathsome. It was a terrible thing to do to the fans. They never intended to play that game, I believe. And the word... That was sent out about the field was a lie. What happened was the grounds crew over there, uh, they had learned and read and, and uh, were in contact in the past. The, the head of the grounds crew, Wrigley Fields from Arizona, probably never seen snow. And uh, uh, the great uh, uh, Bossard. Roger Bossard. Roger, thank you. Well, he's the one put the field in there. Right. Yeah. And uh, it was even uh, written about a few days before the Cubs opening day that what he does, if it's cold overnight, you know, 32 degrees for the low in Chicago, 28. And uh, word for word, he says, city water comes out of the hose, out of the tap, uh, you know, outdoors, maybe not in your house where it's warmed up. But it comes out of the hose at 48 to 50 degrees. He said, it sounds weird, but we spray the water at Sox Park, Comiskey Park, guaranteed rate. We spray it out on the grass, which is maybe 32 degrees, and the 49-degree water warms up the grass. Yeah. So inside sources have told me what happened at Wrigley Field. They uh, weren't thinking clearly to say it nicely. They sprayed the 49-degree water on the field, except there were already two inches of snow on the field, and it turned to ice. Yeah. They knew in the morning they were never going to play. 
yet they let all those poor Cub fans go all the way to Wrigleyville and uh, or be in least, awful conditions getting there, too. or at least in your car yeah. driving in because uh, you know, oh, the game's still on, the game's still on. They knew they weren't going to play. The field was unplayable, and the only people that uh, were happy uh, were the, uh, you know, and God love them, the Wrigleyville bar owners uh, had people that are going to wait till 2.20. Yeah. And the thing they finally is, banged it, excuse me, I think around noon or Right, and the, and the smart thing, and the thing is, there's a reason that outdoor teams schedule their opening day and then a day off afterwards. It was there. Yeah. It was real simple. Say, listen, weather's weather's bad. Don't try to come out. We're going to postpone the game. We're going to play tomorrow. Better weather conditions. See what they, And that's for opening day crowd. Uh-huh. What they ought to do, if there's a three-game series instead of game, game day off, game, game, then I go game, 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 day off. That way, if the second or third game gets banged, you still got that open spot right there. But then they'd have a problem. With the first game being two days later, right. and is it opening day? No, if you have a ticket. So, old man stalls are usually correct. Uh, we'll talk to Jesse Rogers about yesterday's Cubs game as he heads to his book signing. We'll give you all the details when Jesse comes on. And uh, we'll talk about the Cub game. Uh, Fred, let me, let me just, here's what we're going to talk to Jesse about in rapid fire, okay? The Hangover. Oh, that was a year ago. It, it seems to be continuing. Chili Davis. Uh-huh. Oh, that was so last uh, month. Uh, we're going to talk about, here's my favorite, the window. When does the Cubs window stay open? How long? And when does the Cubs window slam shut? They seem to think over there that the window is going to be open for about uh, 10 years. All right? We'll talk. Just think about that. Mm-hmm. We'll talk with Jesse about that. Uh, what do you do with uh, Jason Hayward? I'll tell you what I do with them. Number three, number four, uh, second year in a row, no leadoff man. I love Ian Hat. We all know that. Yeah, Joe does, if you Joe can't hit, care. if you can't hit, he can't hit. Elmora, if he can't hit, he can't hit. Here's the other thing. Happy yesterday, he had one nice base hit, and then he broke his bat on a duck snort to left field in the box. Score had a ringing uh, two out, two for four, and they were. You know what? I understand. It'll hit a lot of line drives during the year that are at them. Balls right. right at someone. And, and then you need the broken bat dunker, dunker to even it out. But, uh, uh, hey, he's five for his last nine. He's got his average up to like 244. So, you know, you can't. It, that When he goes to sleep at night, he realizes, listen, I got two hits. He's got to be uh, happy about that. The Cubs have th- uh, five outfielders, right? We keep hearing about that. Three of them. Should never be in right field. Okay. Schwarber can't play right field. Though, how about he made a nice catch Real yesterday. Real nice catch. Real nice catch you know going what? up near the wall in left center. I didn't hear much. Okay. Schwarber boots a ball, makes a bad play. All hell breaks loose, right? Everybody. Oh, that's Schwarber. He's a DH. He's a bum. Okay. You can make that argument. It'd be hard pressed for me to refute it. I understand. But then... For any outfielder, it was a nice play. For him, it was a, a way above average yeah, play. Real nice play. Going against that left field wall, sort of bangs into the brick a little bit. Makes him. Did you hear anything about it? I didn't hear anybody. Maybe well, they, you, you know, know. You know why? The same reason that uh, you hear about complaints at restaurants, but very rarely do you hear people say, "Man, oh man, that was one of the best restaurants, the best meals I ever had." You don't hear that. You only hear people complain. People love to complain. So when a guy makes a bad play, we complain about it. Oh. So we're also here to compliment people to make good plays. Here's an old expression. Uh, Eric Ostrowski with us today. Hey, uh, 
I mean, as Eric's an old soul, E-O- so he may E-O- know this one. E-O-11. E-O-11. You ever heard this expression? I just had a you know, quick talk. Stop the presses. Absolutely. Stop. All right. Yeah, fine. What is it Do you now? have any Stop idea? The... Well, hold on. Wait, wait, Do you have any idea what it means? I mean, it's stop printing the papers because the story's changed, yes. right? There yeah. you go. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Whatever a newspaper yes. is. Now what would it, would it be? Hit delete. Hit yes. delete. Right. Don't press I sound, I sound like Meg Ryan. I'll have what she's yeah. having. Yes. Yes. Stop the presses. Yes. Now, yeah, don't press send. <laughs> All right. So right after Schwarz makes the play, right? The catch, he, and he bangs a little bit into the wall. Yeah. The brick wall. All right. This is 10 years in a row. Every April. And I hate doing this. I hate being the guy, you know, sure, some segments recur, reoccur. But I never want to, like, you know, the same st- story twice, you know. Oh, I remember. Remember the old days, Fred? Your audience changes every 20 minutes. Yes. I know, Ryan. Uh-huh. Well, then repeat some of the stuff you did in the first couple hours. I, I hated to do that. Right. I hated I to do hate that. I still doing that. No, yeah. But once a year, excuse me, I have to do this, all right? Once a year, every April. How long has Len Casper been doing the... And I like Len. Don't you hate when people say that on the radio? You know, I really like him than the big butt. But every year, Len... And, you know, what this game looking like is probably going to be snowed out, rained out. We might have some of the actual executives and Cubs brass, you know, driving a little late to work and listening right now. Right. Len, every April, you do the same thing. You say, well, here, let's listen right now. Every year... Okay, the vines, the vines. Freeman in the air to deep left center. Schwarber caught it. What a catch by Kyle Schwarber. And hopefully he's all right. Kind of a glancing blow off the uh, wall. And without the ivy grown in, very little padding, so to speak. Stop the tape. Stop the tape. Every April, Uh at least once. Len, the ivy gives you zero padding. Zero. How do I know this? Two ways. Number one, the house I grew up in, we had ivy. In LaGrange. Yeah. Yeah. We had ivy. Yeah, Cicero doesn't grow uh, ivy. LaGrange does. As a kid, Uh we had better water. (laughs) As a kid, we'd play, you know, throw the ball up and you'd dive into the wall like you're, you know... A cut, like your moose moron or right. something, Richie Ashburn as a Come and on, Moosey. You bang into that wall in July with thick, thick plush uh-huh. Ivy. You bang into a brick wall. And I've been to Wrigley Field. Yep. Uh, at some fundraisers years ago. Oh, I who are you kidding? In. Who are you kidding? You jumped in from left field, you jumped out of the field, <laughs> and then ran into the wall. And you do the thing where you pretend like you're a kid, and you run up, get this picture, right? Yep. But with a real camera, a real camera. And you'd leap up, and you'd like you're making a catch by the 360. You go, bam, into that wall. There's zero padding. Mm-hmm. So, Len, here's what I ask you to do. I ask you, this July, when the ivy is... Just full and lush and plush. Go down there before the game or after the game and run into the wall by the 368 sign with all that padding and see if it doesn't rattle your teeth. Freeman in the air to deep left center. Schwarber caught it. What a catch by Kyle Schwarber. And hopefully he's all right. Kind of a glancing blow off the uh, wall. Mm. And without the ivy grown in 
Very little padding, so to speak. <sighs> okay, I can't take it. Would it would would, the, would it be the worst thing in the world Dana, for them to take? Dana, could you come in here, Dan, and get my blood pressure? Back to you, Fred. I'm would sorry. It, would it be the worst thing in the world for them to take the ivy off of all of the wall and just put padding up all around, so that they would have it all year long? Wait, my headphones just crapped so out. I got a short. I didn't hear around. you. What did you just say? Would it be an awful thing <laughs> if they got just put padding all the way around instead of waiting? For, you know, you got ugly looking vines up there until the middle of middle to late May. Piece by piece, <laughs> inch by inch, you're trying to dismantle the shrine. You know what? You're you're just like rickets. Piece by inch by inch, step yeah. by step, next, inch by slowly. Next, I turn. Next thing you know, when Madden's watching the game, he's gonna be he's gonna be sitting close to where uh, Bartman's at. They built the the dugout, and no one can see the field. Now, who's in charge of that? Joe Madden, Joe Madden just looks at Butterfield at third base and says, Hey, by the way, give him this sign because I'm yes. so close to you. I don't have, you don't have to look at me for signs. I'll throw sunflower seeds at you. You know who's got to love the new placement of the uh, Cubs dugouts, which are now as f- like the beginning of the uh, dugout is where the dugout used to end. Just Zoper scored a run the other day. Yeah. I thought he was taking a trip around the ballpark r- running to the dugout. That's how far along he had to go to get to the dugout. There's only, uh, let me rephrase it, two people are happy. Number one, the home plate umpires in the major leagues, because now you're about another 100 feet away from both managers who are yelling at you. You can't hear them. And number two, the bean counters at uh, Wrigley Field, because now they have more seats that they, than they are, that they are now able to say, hey, these are between the dugouts, so we're going to jack them up from uh, 200 to, you know, 600. That's what they are. Like, yeah. There's 600 to be one of the members of that club where you get to sit. Be- oh, here's another one. Did you hear this one? I was a couple of games at Wrigley Field, so I heard a lot of the scoop. Who would join a club that would have me as a member? Groucho. Yeah. So think about this. This is anecdotal. In other words, it's just hearsay, and it's been in social media, and people have written it. I haven't gone out with a ruler. Do they still make those? A tape measure, whatever you want. Everyone that sits down like where the bullpens used to be, like where Bartman, right. they say those seats are narrower. Yeah. But what no one has said they is... They really don't want me coming to a ballpark if they make the seats <laughs> narrower. I'll have another one of those helmets full of cheese and yeah. nachos. So they do those at Sox Park. Sure they do. The rate. But... They also have the... Uh, the uh, ice cream sundaes in the in the helmets. I know. The yeah, helmet. Moose Cowan used to get one every game before he would ha- would head home. Now those are not the baby helmets. Yeah, no, they have them in the baby the f- helmets too. No, but now they have them in the full size helmets. Yeah, but at I mean, you, need, you need some help. Guaranteed. You, you need some help eating that one. Not Moose Skyrim. Moose got the small one. Moose was watching his weight. Moose didn't like me. Oh no! No, I told you that, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's waiting for me at Bernie's once. Moose was Moose kept going underneath this bed, sure and for some did. reason, every time he reached underneath this bed, he had a full he had a full case of Mickey Mantle autograph balls. They never ran out. It was like magic. Okay, and Moose Skyrim cards that uh, I gave him, but I didn't know I was giving them to him. If you know what I mean. So the seats, the the, the new box seats down by where the uh, bullpens were at Wrigley Field are smaller now. Yeah, you know that's uh, what they do to get more seats in. So, but no. Here's what I've heard. The seats behind home plate, the box seats down right. low, are larger. Right. That's why they had to make the others smaller. 
Well, that makes sense. I mean, you're paying six hundred dollars. You want to be comfortable. It's got the nice padding, yeah. and you get to go downstairs to the underground private club, which is fine. Which so is my fine. Good, saw my good friend Frankie Clopas sitting uh, three three uh, rows behind home plate at the Cub game the other day. The fire guy, yeah, yeah does the fire broadcast, right? And uh, oh, and he won't be doing today is because it's a national game on uh, Univision. For all you soccer fans out there, all right. There's a bunch of I them up. I grew up in Cicero. There's not too much I believe in unless I see it. Yeah, there's a bunch of them up because they're watching English Premier League soccer. Galaxy at the Fire, 2.30 today at Toyota Park, sold out. Just so, you, just so you know, they play in the rain. They play in the rain. The only time soccer stops is when there's lightning. And listen to this, everybody. This is from uh, uh, the Tribune Sports section. Saturday's game, that would be today, Galaxy at the Fire, which will take place in a frigid, rainy, and sold-out Toyota Park in Bridgeview, comma, is arguably the most compelling duel in the 23-year history of the league. Fred, the 23-year history of the league, this is arguably the most compelling duel ever. Schweinsteiger to face the Galaxy's Ibrahimovic. Was that close? Uh, Ibrahimovic. All right. Yeah, just Yurko's got a big thing with that. If it says I see at the end, it's itch. If it was a K, it would then it would be ick. I happen to have John Yurkovich with me right here. <laughs> yes. Hey, Yurko. <laughs> so the two big stars facing up. So this, would you agree, is arguably the biggest game ever in the 23-year history of what? The MSL? MLS. MLS, it's, it's, right. a, it's, it's one of the biggest battles of... Uh-huh. of, of Great players, mm-hmm. um, both teams. Neither team is great right now. Right. Um, so there's been better battles, I think, of a re- two really, really good teams. But there's not been a battle where you've had two international players like Schweinsteiger and uh, Ibrahimovic going up against each other. God bless you. And there's a good chance that they will see a lot of each other the way that the the fire is playing uh, Basti. What's the place hold about? T- 1820? Uh, they can they can put 20 or 21 wow, if they okay. put some standing room only and some seats in the south end zone. Cool. So, which they'll probably do. So, cool. And just so everybody says, uh, they say, yeah, you're going to be nice and comfortable. The press box has no windows. Uh-huh. So if it rain is sideways, I'll be getting soaking wet. So, but I'll be there. But you get the flavor and the feel better with the windows open, right? Well, you got no choice. That's yeah. what Pat Hughes always yeah. says. Well, and I agree until, with him. That's until May 1st when they finally open the windows. I agree with them, and that's the way it should be. I mean, <laughs> and, and Len, Len and J.D. have the windows open, too. That's the way it should be. I want to see Len go out there and run into the bricks by the 368 sign in July. Galaxy at the fire. Okay, we did our soccer. Any, uh, you know what I always love? When a guest is on, one of uh, one of our uh, reporter guys, like you know, and Nick Friedel, yep. you know, Jesse, JD, at the very end of the, uh, it's not really an interview, the visit, you know, the visit. What's the last thing that the host always says? Anything else? Yeah. Yep. All the yeah. time. That bugs me as a producer. <laughs> you know what I would do if I were JD or if, if I were uh, always say no. Jesse Rogers. Or I say, hey, I just gave you the best twenty minutes I got. <laughs> now what? You want me to top what I just gave you, or, or leave like a flat nothing? Uh-huh. But what do I know? I'm just a fan. I'd make fun of it. I'd be like, yeah, you know, I'm making this really good bisque soup right now. If you guys are interested, I would always just have some stupid answer. If yeah. They did that. Yeah. Oh, uh, any other uh, nuggets? Uh, yeah, this this team sucks. Oh, okay. I never used to use that word, but since it's now on the cover of Jesse's book, yeah, you know, it's a word I never wanted to use. Yep. 
But not one of the best-selling books. Is his, is it a best-seller It's yet? getting there, I think. It's getting there. Try not to suck. Well, I, when Jesse's on, if this season, I'm going to say, Jesse, if this Cubs season continues like it has now, small sample, Murph. That's another phrase I've heard enough games, of. That's another phrase games. I've heard enough of. Yeah. Jesse, if this season continues like this, your uh, sequel, your next year book, try harder not to suck, maybe. <laughs> Just so you know, the Just, Cubs are six and seven. The Yankees are seven and seven. Mm-hmm. The uh, let's see here. Go to the National League. The Mets. Mm-hmm. They're eleven and one. Hey, but... Did you know the Mets just lost both catchers last night? Yeah, both. Yeah, Darno's out for the year, and Paul Wecky has a bad uh, hand, a broken bone in his left hand. How about the Cubs catch and throw a catcher that everyone thought would make the team, and then they put Caratini on? What's his name? I forgot. Jimenez. Already. Yeah, Chris Jimenez. Well. They got the Mets are in first place. What are they ten and one? Eleven and 11 one. Eleven and one. Yep. They lost both catchers last night. Uh huh. All right, you can have my Jimenez. Give me one of those starting yeah, pitchers. Yeah, give us Mats. <laughs> Mats would be good. Listen, Cubs are six and seven. Milwaukee seven and seven. St. Louis is seven and seven. Uh, the Dodgers are four and eight, tied with the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it is early. So, but you know what? And we talked about this last night when I was on with Chris Black. If you're not a baseball fan, yeah, then you should, then you won't complain about what's going on. But if you're a baseball fan, you are concerned and you complain about each and everything that you see, and you also compliment each and every good thing mm-hmm. you see. Mm-hmm. So that's what you do. You don't wait. You don't wait till 150 games to go. Hey, this seems pretty good. It would be funny if Len Casper ran full speed in July into the uh, center field by 400 foot sign because it's padded. No, I love Len. Len's a very nice fella. I'm serious. I'm not just saying that. But Len's a great guy. Oh, he is. But every April, he's got to do the pit. No padding on the wall. And that was another Murph uh, moment. All right, let's catch up on a few things. Uh, we got a break. Vote right now. Jesse at 10. A great Bears talk in the 11 o'clock hour. Patrick Finley sometimes. All that and more. Vote right now. Our uh, Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter poll led the results when we return. If Jason Hayward can't hit again this year, A, B, C, D, A, keep him for his defense and speed, B, keep him for his leadership, C, keep him for both A and B, or D, hey, let's be honest, you just can't keep him around. Listen, it's raining today. Maybe he'll call another team meeting. In the <laughs> Don't touch that dial. It's ESPN 1000. Busy day, lots to do. Glad you're with us. Good morning, Mike Murphy, the Cub fan from Lions Township High School, LaGrange, and Fred Hubner, the White Sox fan from good old Martin East in Cicero. Lots to get to. Jesse at the top of the hour, Bears talk. Patrick Finley in the next hour. Fred, I found a few more of our uh, Mark Twain quotes. Okay. The reason we bring these up. And then uh, when you're done, I've got the Cubs lineup for today that won't play. <laughs> he said, uh, everyone talks about the weather, but nobody ever does anything about it. And I said, I can do something about it. I move opening day to April 15th uh, in baseball like it was when I was a kid. And uh, you know, Far fewer problems with the weather. Well, how do you do that, big talker? Well, it's pretty simple. Number one, you 
banged the season back from 162 to the way it was for about 100 years, that'd be 154 games, six, uh, eight fewer. And you play, and Bud Selig had mentioned this once, as little as I enjoyed his work, uh, they floated the idea once of every other Saturday as doubleheaders across the league, day, night, empty uh-huh. the park so you don't lose a gate. So that gives you uh, 12 more 24 weeks in a season. That's every other week. That gives you 12 more days off yep. where you can sandwich in, compress the season. April 15th, very simple if they wanted to do that. They'd rather have, evidently, have you buy a ticket and sit out in a miserable uh, April day. Uh, and they don't really lower the price of tickets, though they have the dynamic pricing. I know that. But it's ridiculous what they do, Fred. Oh, by the way. The, the one of the biggest tragedies in all of sports: mm-hmm. dynamic pricing. The worst, the mm-hmm. worst thing for fans mm-hmm. in the history of the game. One of the worst things for fans in the history of the game. Yeah. Tickets should be the same price for mm-hmm. every game. I don't care if it's the Atlanta Braves or Kershaw and the Dodgers. The teams make enough damn money; they don't have to raise the prices for individual games. But anyway, and again, yeah. I keep saying that the Cubs are not going to play today, but they 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 don't want to play two, and the Braves don't come in again. Right. So. Uh, it's Ian Happen Center. Javi at second base. Uh, second. By the way, someone tell Hap it's okay to run into the brick wall uh, in July. So Happen Center, Javi at second base, batting second. Up Chris to the two Bryant, hole. Up to the two hole. Chris Bryant at third, back at his familiar third base after playing mm. first base yesterday. Not pretty. Wilson Contreras cleaned up at uh, behind the plate. Ben Zobrist is in left field. Addison Russell, anytime he'd like to start hitting, hitting I heard, six. I heard you yesterday. Oh, my God. I, I've never been a fan. I have. I don't know what my, I know you did. I, I thought I knew the game. Mm-hmm. Victor Caratini <laughs> is at first base, hitting seventh. Mm-hmm. Number eight will be uh, Jason Hayward in right field. And Jose Quintana on the hill going against the Braves, a 121st pitch at the friendly count. Let's quickly bring in uh, Eric Ostrowski. Eric, what the fans say? Our 9 o'clock Murph and Fred fan focus group. Twitter poll. If uh, Jason Hayward continues to not hit, keep him around for defense and speed. Keep him around for his leadership. Uh, A and B, keep him around for uh, all those above D, speed and leadership. Or D, if he can't hit, you just can't keep him around. I will start with the bottom with only 3% is keep him for his leadership. Thirteen percent decide keep him for his D and speed. All right. In second, with thirty six percent says they would actually take both of those. So Hold on, let me do some uh, basic arithmetic in my head. We got about fifty percent. You just can't keep him around. Correct. Forty eight percent says eh. Wow. Let's get rid of him. Uh, Fred, as we take this phone call. Uh, before we take the phone call, I don't know if you saw the picture <laughs> of. Uh... Yeah. I don't know if you saw the picture of you, Darvish, yesterday after the game at the uh, press conference. I did. He was wacky t-shirt. He was wearing a shirt that said "Enjoy," and you couldn't see the bottom part, but was the ham's bear on it? Really? Yes. From the land of sky blue waters. Yes. Paul Sullivan tweeting it says <laughs> Cubs game still on. He's got Nisi Lounge update, and he's got a picture oh. of of uh, there you see you Darvish wearing. It says "Enjoy," and it must say "Hams" at the bottom. I don't. I would think. Now wait, the Nisi Lounge. Is a great hangout. A block and a half south. No of one Field. goes there. Yeah, it's on uh, Sheffield. Yep. Uh, south, just before the uh, stoplight. Great New- place. That Newport Sheffield Club, yeah. the six corners. It's a kind of bar, old school bar you'd love to walk into. When you walk into it, you know you're in a bar. Did you know it was uh, opened in 1945? Uh, coincidentally, when the Cubs were in the World Series, uh-huh. I have a T-shirt. It's like N I E S E. 
the Nisi, or is it N-E-I-S-E? N-I-S-E-I. Okay, whatever. Yeah. And uh, it was long time owned by a, a Japanese uh, family. It was the first saloon, as they were called then, in Chicago after World War II. Uh, that it was owned by Japanese family, and it was a safe haven. Okay. For Japanese Americans living in the Chicago, they wanted to go, you know, and that was their uh, their place to go. Yeah. Yosh Kawano, uh-huh. old timers will remember his name, the Cubs' famous equipment manager. The press box still the, I'm sorry, the locker room is still the Yosh Kawano uh, locker room. Um, Even the new one with the disco ball and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question, <laughs> Fred. I'm going to hand you an ad as we take this phone call. You mentioned dynamic pricing. Here's a big full page ad. It's been around on all the mediums. Uh, let's bring up uh, Tom from the Northwest Side. Hey, Tom, Murph, and Fred, go. Hi, fellas. Always a pleasure to be with you guys. Thank uh, you. you beat your competition down the dial by a lot, let me tell you. Well, we all do it our own way. What can we do for you? Thanks. I uh, just want to let you know, with uh, you know, uh, as, uh, as an aside, the global warming and climate change scam, as uh, uh, who was it, uh, the fella at uh, Channel 7? Uh, said that, that that's all. It's Let's just well. do this. Let's just keep it to the old sports route, Tom. Okay. Well, uh, you guys were talking about domes. All the domes are all monstrosities, as you know. Uh, the only one that anybody talks about as being good is Miller Park. And I remember last weekend where the guys were looking up into the uh, uh, into the dome. They were having a hard time getting the ball out of the. Uh, Work in the, in the roof. Right, they have opaque uh, roof where the sun came in. It looked like a, watching on TV, Fred, watching the Brewers and Cubs. It looked like the roof was open. There was so much sunshine right. and shadows. Well, the and, sun blows right. in those in those windows in the, well, in the, the wind and in the some back. of the other areas. But Tom's too. exactly right. They were losing the ball left and right. If you remember, Lorenzo Tom, Kane. when they first built the yes, the Houston Astrodome, uh, after a, about two months, they had to go up and paint the uh, clear plastic uh, roof because uh, the players couldn't see anything. But, Tom, your p- bottom line point is go. You can't re- retrofit all the old ballparks. We all grew up with the idea. What's your point? What's, I know, but, Tom, I'm up against the clock. I love you. What's your point? It's all about the money. There you it's- go. Thank you very much. Yeah. But I'll tell you this, Fred. I like I like the dome in Milwaukee. In actually, Milwaukee, yeah. uh, they'd have probably been out of Milwaukee if they hadn't got the retractable roof dome. And uh, in Milwaukee, they will tell you that until they had the new Miller Park with the retractable roof, uh, they would get no group sales until, like, June. In other words, now they get little leagues coming down from Eau Claire, Appleton, uh, the Elks Club, the Moose, the Little League, you name it, whatever, because they know the game is going to be played. They did not used to get, and we're talking group sales, which is thousands and thousands, maybe a 10,000 per game of busloads coming in. So even though, yeah, it's all about the money, I got no problem with the Miller Park open and closed. Yeah, And, uh, and the Cubs open up the season in Miami which has a dome and they had the dome open I love places that have a dome that can open it like in Toronto they yeah. do the same thing and I, there's nothing better than watching a game on TV from Toronto with the dome open by the way Jonathan said it's the Nisei Lounge they pronounce Nisei because of the, the way who it's, said that uh, some guy got to me 
Well, it's the Nisei Lounge. Everybody for 50 years has called it the Nisei. Okay. But whatever. Yeah. It's a great place. You gave me this thing about tickets. Yeah, here's the, our fan focus group question poll for this half hour. Yohan Moncada betting 100, buck 84, 24 strikeouts in 49 at bats. A, bat him lower in the lineup. Move him down from number one. B, Give him a few days off other than the snow out games. So give him a little breather. C, he needs a month at AAA. Or D, hey, just leave the kid alone. All right, Fred, now this is Two been things. the one, did... I, I, one, I went to the uh, Nisei Lounge uh, Twitter site, and it says right there that it's pronounced Nisei. All right, well, everyone mispronounces it. Well, or maybe yeah. I'm everybody. They, well, they, everybody mispronounces a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, this thing says $10 each, 60 seats every home game. Cubs. That's right, 10, 1060 tickets. Now, Enter it, Cubs.com, 1060 tickets. Now, they've been flashing this on all the screens, all the Cub games, all their online pop-up uh, ads here yeah. and there. And it sounds very nice. Where are these seats? Before every game, 48 hours in advance, right. online, there's like a raffle. And if you win, uh, you have to look now at page two. And if you oh, win, page two. and if you win, you get to purchase up to six tickets, ten lucky winners, sixty tickets a game for ten bucks. You got a headline right there from a, a reporter in the a Tribune, yeah, a columnist. Cubs lottery is a smokescreen. Teams <laughs> stunned borrows from Hamilton to camouflage Wrigley's shift upscale. <laughs> Among other things, number one, it's just to get your web. Uh, you know, your email address to start sending you incessant advertising. But number two, among other items, you have the writer's name there to give him a head. Chris up. Jones. Chris Jones. from He's the a Tribune critic. Business guide or whatever, right. Critic. Sorry. Here's the other thing. If there's a game when they have not sold a lot of all their tickets, right? Like, uh, let's see, yesterday, 29,700 tickets sold out of 41,000. Yeah. They had 11,000. So what we believe them to be doing, and it's fine. If they own the team. They own the tickets. Here's what they do, Fred. They might award those that winning thing yeah. to a 1,000 people. Uh-huh. In other words, oh, we're honey. Oh, we're one of the lucky 10 winners. Yeah. We can buy tickets. They might send out to a 1,000 people that you won the right to buy these tickets at 10 bucks. So it's dynamic pricing, you know, in reverse, when there's no need for tickets, then they so it's sort of the oppo of what you were saying. They do on occasion, not often there. Don't yeah. give me. They lower the ticket prices down to uh, what ten bucks there. And again, you, yes, you do not know where they are. Right, right. You don't know where they are. Right. And by the way, Patrick Mooney of um, I think he's at the Athletic now. He mm-hmm. he mentioned the other day four home games at Wrigley Field. Twice they've been under thirty thousand. Last year, eighty-one games. They were never under thirty-two thousand. Yeah, well, so mm-hmm. you know, I well, know the always, weather's bad. You always had the big year. year. I mean, White Sox, everybody. Right. No, 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 the I year know. after the World Series. I'm just saying. I'm just pointing out what no, Patrick Mooney no. said. Oh, no, no, it's true. You're bursting yeah. at the seams. This team's got some problems. Can they uh, overcome them? Jesse Rogers, top of the hour. Bears talk at the eleven o'clock hour. And look at this. I got some. What's your beefs? I got some angles here, Fred. I know you got a lot of stuff. We'll find out. Little Sox talk when we return. Uh, last chance for you to vote right now at ESPN 1000. Welcome back. Murph and Fred, about 10 minutes away from Jesse Rogers. 
No word yet on the Cubs game. They want you to drive down, spend a lot of money, and uh, then send you home. Maybe, maybe not. We will find out. Nothing definitive. Jesse might have an update. And then again, he might not. Right. Unless Crane Kenny call him and said, well, you know what? Uh, we want everyone to come down and uh, go over to uh, Bernie's for a few hours and make everybody happy. Uh, Fred, let's listen to uh, the results as we bring in EO11, our current Murph and Fred uh, Twitter poll question, which is, Johan Mancata is hitting a buck 84 right now. Young guy. Not saying anything bad about him. Just the facts of the facts. 24 strikeouts. I am. It's really hard to watch him play. In 49 at bats. He took two called third strikes the other day. His first two times up. Swing the damn bat. 24 strikeouts and 49 at bats. Fred, if it were 48 at bats, he'd be striking out exactly 50% of the time. Yeah. So it's about 49%. He is uh-huh. not striking out 50% of the time. Well, he's got that to shoot for whenever a, they play again. Move him down in the lineup. B, give him some days off. Well, he's getting the snow days off. C, needs a month of AAA. And a lot of guys have done that. Rizzo's done yep. that. Schwarber's done that. Uh, uh, you know, countless guys in the history of baseball. Or, hey, just leave the kid alone, is answer D. What do we have, Eric? All right, this is real tight. At the very bottom with 10% says give him some days off. Mm-hmm. And then tied for second with 29% each is needs a month at AAA and leave him alone. Good. And then with just 32%, so just 2% more, says bat him wow. lower down in the lineup. So almost a three-way tie. Exactly. That is the perfect Twitter poll. Congratulations to the guy, whoever wrote that last night. Fred? Yeah, I think you should move him down in the order. Uh, we, we saw what happened with uh, Schwarber, and now what's happening with Happ. And Wait, that was the least. That was the 3% vote, Fred. Yeah, that's okay. Again, you're out of step, Charlie. That's the way I am. <laughs> that's the way I am. So, uh, there's some good points there with the White Sox, uh, aren't there? Avi's not hitting all of a sudden, but you know what? This cold weather, and I'm not making an excuse for anybody, Cubs fans, Sox fans, I don't care what team. Some guys just don't like hitting in the cold. No, but some well, guys nobody, do. Yeah, nobody does. And but there's a lot of players that just uh, mm-hmm. don't like it. And uh, a lot of the Latino players have come out and said, "Listen, we don't like playing this kind of weather. We're not used to this kind of weather." The guy that was really hitting, playing good ball, was uh, Wellington Castillo. He's dinged up a little yeah. bit. They hope it's nothing bad. A tweak to the knee. They're hoping. Yeah, nothing nice serious. to see. Nice to see Matt Davidson with his uh, you know home run God. the other day to win a game. He's been terrific. They've won it. The 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 Sox and Cubs are a combined two and eight at home this year. The the Sox are one and five. The Cubs are one and three, and we we hope we expect that to change. Uh, yeah, but but yeah, yeah I mean uh, the White Sox pitching, I've been disappointed in Giolito and Fulmer. Uh, Giolito more so than Fulmer. Uh, you know I, I keep hearing, well he's keeping him in the game. He's giving up a lead early. Uh, you can't be giving up leads early. And um, Fulmer's got a really live arm. Yeah, he does. Really. And, and again, these are both young guys. And anybody that's followed me on Twitter or heard mm-hmm. me saying. Pitching takes a while to figure out, and but you're going to suffer with it for a while for the, with the White Sox because they've got a lot of young pitchers. When Kopech does come up, whenever that is, he's going to struggle when he first gets here. He's not going to, not nobody. I mean, Garrett Cole now is unbelievable. Okay, but it takes takes a while to become a great pitcher. Did I read the Sox AAA games on? Uh, and by the way, all our highlights uh, today, thanks uh, credit to NBC uh, Sports Chicago. I think I read that they're carrying the Sox AAA game. Tonight? Tonight, uh, and Kopech is uh, scheduled to pitch. We'll verify that, or you can look it up at home. Well, it's not listed, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, or maybe it's tomorrow, but, uh, uh, you know, with the rain, the weather, the snow for the Cubs and the Sox, might be warm and toasty to watch uh, the Charlotte Knights uh, and uh, 
Picture of the Future Kopech. We'll double check that. We'll find it. Jesse, in a few minutes when we return. Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, our number one history. Glad you're with us till noon. We are ESPN 1000. Bum, 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 bum. Jesse Rogers, one minute away. Welcome back, Murph and Fred. Watch it now. Uh, We've covered a lot in the first hour. We will cover even more in hours number two and hours number three. The little guy doing a book signing. We'll give you the details on that. He's probably lost right now. He's a North Suburban guy, Fred. Yes, he is. He's going out, going out to the South yeah. West Burbs. Right. Yep. Which means he has no idea where he's going. No. <laughs> Let's. Hey, give me a little Jesse music there, Rio Eleven. Not in Glenview anymore. I want a girl like Jesse's girl. That's our guy. Let's go to Jesse Rogers. He's lost right now in his car, somewhere between Northbrook and Hodgkins. I gotta sign a lot of books. I'm giving away hot dogs. Murph and Fred. Good morning, Jesse. You get a car. You get a car. Everybody gets a car. You gotta, I mean, I mean book. I mean book. You gotta buy the hot dog and you get a free car. No, no, no. That's not the deal. Don't. No. No. Uh, Jesse will be signing uh, his great book. Oh, uh, try not to suck. And uh, yep. we'll get, let you give all the details in 10 seconds. But, Jesse, I know you're a guy that, like, Rust never sleeps, right? Jesse never <laughs> sleeps. He's already working, I understand. I know I'm not supposed to say this on the radio, Jesse. He's already working on a uh, prelude, you know, next year's book about the Cubs, uh, maybe Joe Madden. But, uh, but I got the title for you, Jesse. Okay. Try harder not to suck. <laughs> I don't disagree with that title. Right now, that would fit this year's Cubs, right? I mean, it's not going the way they planned in April, but it's certainly still early. Um, the difference is we can't use the hangover anymore, right? It was, a very good, it was a very good spring training in a lot of ways, meaning health and guys just looking like themselves again after that weird season they had last year coming off the World Series. But it hasn't translated too much. Obviously, they played a lot of road games at first, but... Um, the problem is, and this is actually what I am writing for tomorrow, that, that, that if you want to find a problem, it's that the things that were an issue last year have carried over. That's mm-hmm. number one. And mm-hmm. that includes Darvish's reputation, if you want to look at a new guy. And I'm, already, I'm, I'm talking from leadoff to Justin Wilson to the, to the offense in general to a guy like Darvish with his reputation. It's all a carryover. Now, there are some good things. Uh, Kyle Schwarber is going the opposite way a little bit more. Um, uh, the C-Shack uh, uh, has been a find in yes, the bullpen. Morrow, the two saves he's had, boom, easy save opportunities there for him. So there are some good things, but obviously the record's not great. Jesse Rogers, exactly right on all those points. We can detail them down here. Uh, Jesse, the uh, Schwarber comment, I think, is uh, very key. Last year he had four base hits all year, which were ground balls to the left side. Why is that so important? Well, they put the pole shift on him, where they have the three infielders over by right field, the third baseman or the shortstop, whoever plays like at a shortstop position, maybe even a little closer to second. Point is, he's had three 
ground ball base hits oppo this year. He had already. two the other day. He had three. He was three for four the other day, and two of those hits went the other way. And he's yeah. got three already, four last year. And what that does is, I think even the average fan, Jesse Fred, would understand. All of a sudden, they might have to start coming a little more inside on him because he's poking, and he was robbed. All they uh, smashed. Looked like it was going between the uh, uh, yep. first base, second base hole, the three uh, and a half hole, or whatever you guys call it, flagged down by the uh, great young rookie second baseman, Albies, or whatever. But it, it changes the whole dimension of his at bat when he can go oppo on occasion, right? Yeah, and, and there's so many ancillary effects. How about confidence? If he's getting an extra couple hits uh, a month going oppo, that's going to help his confidence. That's only going to build on to what he's already done so far. And then, yeah, if the defense comes back over, that's going to help. If they don't come back over, maybe he keeps getting hits over there and just helping his team. Forget about helping his own batting average. He's getting on base that way. So, so many good things happen when you go that way for sure, especially when they're shifting against you. So there's at least one positive. You know, the other thing, Jess, and I was talking with Chris Black last night when we were on, and Chris brought this point up about a week or so ago. We discussed it. And you love to see your pitcher be a guy that's a grinder. He's going to get in trouble and then go on out and grind. And the Cubs have John Lester. And, you know, we've seen Quintana on the south side be able to do that where, you know, he's he's had some problems and error in the field or something. He can grind out a thing. The Cubs spend a lot of money on a pitcher who doesn't look like he, you know, I know it's just three starts, but he doesn't seem to be that kind of guy. When bad things happen, they happen and they they seem to affect the U Darvish. Right now, he looks soft. That's the only, you know, I know that's a I terrible... I wasn't going to use that word, but yeah. Well, it's a I, terrible, I danced all around well, it. I know it's a terrible thing to say, but facts are, right now, he looks like he uh, wilts under the, uh, you know, bad uh, vibes when they pop up. Like a Joe Madden would say, oh, the bad vibes. <laughs> Yeah, this is, these are all things I've said all winter or um, even after they signed him. Like, what, I said it yesterday when Carmen and Yurko asked me about him or whoever did. I said, I'm still going to watch him with a one critical eye, even coming off that Milwaukee start. I'll say it again. He's going to have 10 or 12 starts like he did in Milwaukee. Just lights out because the stuff is so good. But it does feel like the conditions have to be right for him for that to happen, which means... Weather conditions have to be right. Apparently it was too humid for him in late March in Miami. It also means the umpire can't possibly make a mistake like maybe he did with the Bach. So all these things seemingly have to be in place. That's why you hear about this reputation he has. I agree with you, Murph. Soft is a harsh word to use. But I can't find another one. Like it's hard to find another one. Oh Until yes, further... yes, yes, you can, but you can't use well, it on the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Until you're like notice, a pink stocking cap. You've got to watch this guy with a critical eye. Now, again, he might the next time out throw like he did in Milwaukee, but for 21 a year, 126 overall, mm. you'd like to be more than just half the time really good, especially when you have that kind of stuff. So, I mean, here's the thing, guys. He admitted it, and so did Joe after the game. The balk destroyed him. Are you kidding me? A balk? Really? You, you actually struck out the guy after the balk. So you, you had third base, two outs, and you and you melted from that point on. I mean, wow! I, I give him credit for admitting it, but man, he's got to overcome that. Got to overcome that. Now, umps, umps are bad all the time, but it didn't. And again, he should be able at, at his stature, his uh, pay rate, everything about him, his uh, you know great most strikeouts his per experience. He's not a rookie. Most strikeouts yeah. per nine innings in the history of the game. 
and then the ball was clearly on the K-zone square, which if it touches the line, that means it touched the plate, which means it's a strike. It made it 2-0 and oh instead of one ball, one strike. He throws ball two, and uh, boom, shakalak, as you know, Bruce Wolf would have said back in the day, three-run homer. And then... Joe needs him to finish the inning because can't he's, do it. because he's due to uh, come up first or second. He wants to get can't do it, so it was really really a bad outing. Uh, real quick, now back in the day when I was a little league umpire, I learned the balk rule in the book, the handbook. The balk rule. Can we talk real quick? I don't know if everybody saw this, but it was part of his downfall again. He should overcome it. Don't get me wrong. Now, if someone's listening, oh, you're making excuses, Murph. I'm. T- Telling you the facts. Number one, a balk is supposed to be anything that deceives the runner. Then there are numerous ways you can do it: breaking your hands apart, uh, breaking your right knee if you're a righty, and you know, before, and then throwing to first. A million. Well, there's twelve to be honest with you. Twelve definitive balks. Anything that deceives the runner. So here's what happened yesterday. He deceived the umpire. He deceived the umpire. Now here's what happened. He has that move, which I believe is a balk, but he does it every pitch for five years in the big leagues. Now, when these knucklehead umpires don't call the balk on him for five years, and then and once or twice he said maybe it's been called. Jesse Fred, when you don't call a balk on this guy for five years on that move, you can't call a balk right there. But here's how he deceived and tricked the umpire. He did his normal move with the double hesitation and all that. Again, it should be a balk, but he should be able to overcome it. It's never been called. He did a head move. Here's what did it. You watch the replay. He's in that double hesitation with the man on second, and he does something he'd never done. He snaps his head back and looks at the runner on second. And that threw the umpire off. And only was it the home plate up. Here's what else I hate. The one uncle called Bach, and immediately the other three, immediately, this is the fraternity, they all put their double hands up. Bach! So you don't know who called it first, because they all do it at once. Now, here's my question, fellas. We want to get it right. Remember to replay. We got to have review, replay. What was the one reason? Everybody, count it three. One, two, three. We want to get it right. Get it right. Why? Why aren't you allowed, okay, you can't argue a buck, which is baloney. You should be able to go out and say, all four umpires, take a vote, and no flipping a coin. If two of them don't say it, but, you know, they're all going to. Why? I know why. They don't want to put the umps in a pickle. The umpires union, I'll bet you, when they agreed to the replays, but we don't want anything controversial. We don't want to have to make a decision. How come you can't review that buck call? Well, I, I like what you said about getting together with the umpires, Murph, because think about this. How often are box called? I mean, once every 50 games, I mean, per team, 100? I, I, I can't remember the last time the, the Cubs had one called against them. So when you get one, why can't the umps huddle? And if three said, no, 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 you got it wrong, change it. I don't, I don't know why you can't do that. Now, now that replay's in, involved, I don't see why you can't do that either. Uh, some people might oh, delay the game even more. But, again, we're talking about once in a blue moon. Uh, you get a box. So I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with anything you just yeah, said. It's ridiculous. Jesse Rogers. Jesse, we have you for a few more minutes, 
But let's sell a few books first. You got a terrific review in the Chicago Tribune of the other day, uh, written by uh, Ed Sherman. Uh, the Try Not to Suck uh, uh, book is out, and uh, Bill Chastain, along with Jesse Rogers, the uh, biography, uh, Joe Madden, his years with the Cubs, a terrific piece. Jesse, uh, you're going to be, I'm going to tell everyone where you're going to be, because you're from Northbrook. You right. don't have an, a, a clue as to where you're going or how to get there my guess is and it's a fine relationship you have and uh i take my car in the, i take my car in there all the time i will guarantee you fred jesse's never been where he's going they delivered the new ram fours every year to northbrook jesse if you did not have a, a gps google whatever map would you right. have any idea could you drive to uh, Continental Motors in Hodgkins without uh, a GPS today, right now? Uh, no chance. No chance. <laughs> Which is so, fine. Though, Which is though, fine. I have, though I have been there several times. Okay. But they they don't. I'm not that big. They don't. It's, I'm not Sylvie. They don't deliver the cars. <laughs> all right. You now, know? all week you've been uh, plugging this. It's at eleven o'clock yeah. today. Continental Motors. Go see Jesse Rogers, uh, and and uh, he has his book. He'll sign it for you. You gotta buy it. Buy a book. Buy the darn book. He'll sign it for you. But all week, Jess goes. It's it's near it's near I fifty five the highway it's a road a freeway or whatever and it's near Hodgkins. All right, let the record show. I grew up in Lagrange Park. I'm I'm about seven miles from Hodgkins. All my life, I never know where Hodgkins was. No, the people that live in Hodgkins don't know where Hodgkins is. Well, only when they look up and see the water. The water. Here's what you say, Jesse. I'll be at uh, Continental uh, Saturday, eleven o'clock. Sign in the book. Minutes away. Here's how you do it. Uh, Get off Lagrange Road and the Stevenson. Lagrange Road and I-55. Then you do this. Go minutes away. Listen to me. Here's how you do it. Minutes away from Western Springs, Burr Ridge, LaGrange, LaGrange Park, Brookfield, Countryside, Riverside. Heck, we ain't that far from Cicero, Berwyn, everybody, LaGrange. That's how you sell it. Now, what time will you be there? 11 to 1. That I know. 11 to 1. I got to fire my publicity team, not that I have one, and hire Murph. That was... Well done. Perfect. The people that live in Hodgkins don't know where Hodgkins is. And here's here's the only suggestion, the only <laughs> thing I would add to that yeah. was I, well, I would say it's on LaGrange Road just north of the Stevenson Expressway. Exactly. And you can't you cannot miss it no. with those directions. No. LaGrange Road just north of the Stevenson Expressway. Minutes or away from you, LaGrange Park. Or I fifty five if and people I will like say, that. And I'll add lar- a large showroom because it's raining outside, so we'll be inside <laughs> signing with hot dogs, buy a car, buy a book, get a free hot dog. And uh, the sequel soon to come out. Please try harder not to suck, because right now you do. All right, <laughs> yeah. let's get serious now. Do you have a few more minutes uh, as you Absolutely. look at your GP? Are you still on 294? Or are you, where are you? You're lost, right? Well, I, no, no, I am on 294, but I pulled over. I'm not, not going to drive and talk to you. I know, I know better than to do that. You're, you're on the shoulder with the tw- with the eighteen no, wheels. No, I no, I I pulled off a, off a Tui. I'm at Tui at two ninety four. Anybody coming? We better hurry. Anybody come by? Honk. <laughs> Tui, you better get rolling, young man. You should have stopped oh, at the got- Hinsdale Oasis and pulled <laughs> up, but you don't know where that is. They can't do anything without me. I have plenty of time. <laughs>
Everybody's replaceable, Jesse young likes, man. Jesse likes getting there when there's already a line. All right, yeah. tell you what. He feeds the ego a little well, bit. We got now. a lot it, to cover. It's a, it, it's a line to the bathroom, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> lightning like round, lightning round. It's Lightning round number one. Jesse, Joe Madden, you cannot win with 23 men. There's 25 men, Murph. He's got 23 men. He cannot go to Wilson in the bullpen anymore in any situation that's important. And he doesn't have the Jason Hayward. He can't play anymore. He can't hit. Oh, but he can run. Eric, give Jesse, I don't know if he had the car on and his radio on and his RAV4. Uh, we had our uh, first question at 9 o'clock. You were singing in the shower probably right about then, Jesse. If A, B, C, or D, you ready, Eric? A, B, C, or D, if Jason Hayward can't hit again, A, keep him for his speed and defense. B, keep him for his leadership. C, Keep him for both his speed, defense, and leadership. Or D, you just can't afford to keep him around anymore. Eric, what the fans say? About forty-eight percent of the fans says you just can't keep him around anymore. <laughs> right. Well, huh? I'm not. I'm not surprised. All right. Let me let me tell you something, Murph. Mm. They uh, some people think that he's actually off to a good start. The exit velocity is okay. He said he had that hit off of uh, Rivero. Now Vasquez, his name. Uh, uh, Filippo Rivero, who's really good, mm -hmm. had that lefty on lefty hit, had a lefty on lefty hit uh, the day after that. Some people, Some people think that he's having a. You have got to be flat out kidding me! <laughs> okay, we love Doug Glanville. All right, and Doug's doing his job. He did a 90-second report uh, down in the dugout between innings, and he did a terrific job. Uh, and he gave all the facts. The facts such as great D, great base running, great leadership, all irrefutable facts. A great job by Doug Lanville. He flat out can't play anymore. He's playing now with 23 men. Let me tell you something, fellas. So here's, here's what's left on Jason Hayward's uh, contract. All right, uh, this year right now, 20, sitting down, Fred, 28. No, I actually, I just stood up. 20, <laughs> Jesse's sitting down near Tui. $28 million this year. Next year, $20 million. Next year, after $21 million. Then $21 million. Then $22 million. Then $23 million. Sounds like the money Jesse's going to make from these books. Age, age 33 through 2023. He can't play. Oh, but that's okay. It's a sunk cost. Yeah. Here's what it does. All right. D. Gordon. D. Gordon, center fielder for Seattle, was available. Ooh, and I watched him play center field yesterday. He's not very good. But you know what? He's a leadoff man. He can get on base, yeah. And he makes $12 million a year for three years. They gave up three AA and A minor prospects, and uh, it's $12 million a year. Jesse, they don't have money. They didn't have money this year to augment... And they didn't have anybody in the farm system. They could never, even if they wanted D. Gordon, Theo couldn't have got anyone like that because he's up against the self-imposed cap or the luxury tax, whatever you want to call it, and he doesn't have any farm system. So for the second year in a row, oh, wait, oh, wait, hang on. Lightning round. Last year he had no leadoff man, and you know what the problem turned out to be? They were second in the league in runs scored. 
It tricked them. And they were fourth in baseball in runs scored. Now, everybody could get hot when the wind blows in, the sun's ivy in the wall, sun up in the sky, da 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 whatever that song was. But I'm going to tell you something. They felt that since they had no leadoff hitter last year, they didn't need another one this year. Maybe they won't have one. But they have no one to lead off, and it's the same thing. And I don't know that they can be second in the league and run scored again, especially if they got to roll Hayward out there. Because you know what? Three of their five outs. I heard you talking. You did a great thing yesterday talking about the five outfielders. It was great. It was perfect. Yeah. Factual. Everything was there. Three of them can't play right field. You can't put Schwarbs in right. You can't put Happ in right because he doesn't have an arm. And you can't put Zobrist out there ex- uh, rarely because he has no foot speed to cover the big gaps and that. So who do you have for right field? You only have Almora and Hayward. This team's boxed in. I hope I'm wrong and everything's great. Well, yeah, one of my favorite things you do, Murph, is when you make an argument and then you pretend to have the, you know someone's yelling at you. Wait a minute, Murph. You don't. There's nobody yelling at you from the other side on this one. I'm not sure anybody wants Jason Hayward on this team with that contract. All right, bingo, uh, I, bingo. Hold yeah, that thought. So, Hold that thought. They're playing with yes. Hold that thought. Jesse just said what I say. They're playing with 23 men. Wilson can't come in any spot anymore, and Hayward can't play. Okay, so. The, the question was, keep him for his defense, keep him for his leadership, keep him for both, or you just can't keep him. Uh, and I just gave all the mutuals. I gave the money. They got over a hundred million, uh, plus this year still, they got, they got 125 million due him. So you're gonna, when you're gonna eat it? In two years, three years, four years, five years, you know, when are you gonna eat it? Yeah, the answer is yes, meaning somewhere along that line. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And I it's not going to be this year. It's not going to be next year. Well, then, they, then they got a big problem. Okay, well, and why won't? Okay, thank, you're right. Why won't they eat it? Is it Theo's ego? Is it's just probably well, too much money, right? Well, too much money. But, but he's killing you. He's now he's batting eighth. Here, Fred, look at this. I got the Cubs opening day week lineups here from my fantasy league. I found it from 2016, Jesse. Go about two, three games, two, three games in on the Cubs there, Fred. Uh Uh, What was the batting order, like the three, four, fifth game there? You got the Cubs right near the top? I do. Uh, Fowler leads off. Fowler, Hayward. Oh, hold that thought. Who's batting second? Hayward. Then what happened? Then who? Zobrist, Rizzo, Bryant, fifth. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, next day, Fowler, Hayward, yeah. Bryant, third, Rizzo, okay. Zobris. And then you got like Solaire, and you got uh, who was catching back then? Uh, the big guy, the left handed hitter. Oh, you know, Ross. Oh, Ross. Yeah, David Ross. Jesse, he's gone from the number two hitter to the number eight hitter, and he chokes up everything. He cho- You can't use him on the bench because you can't carry a guy that's only defense. I mean, they got to eat this thing, and they're not going to because of why? Well, I guess you just said it. I say ego, you say money, but the money's already being paid. What you... it, yeah, no, I know. It's, I, I'm sort of laughing because, like I said, it, it, he's actually looked okay against righties and had some hits against lefties, but that's where the expectations for me are. They're so low that if he just does anything positive offensively, I feel like it's a victory. Now, it, sh- it shouldn't matter on this team, but we know that things don't always go as planned. So my point is if one through seven hitting, you could carry him because I do think he's still very good in a uh, in right field. I, I know you say he slowed down. I still think he he just won his fourth consecutive Gold Glove. So if one through seven is hitting Murph, I think they can carry him, but that's no guarantee right. for the next five years. So yeah. I, I understand where you're coming from, but I think he's 
you know, more it, than, than in the past, which is kind of sad. The problem is a hundred eighty-four dollar, a hundred eighty-four million dollar platoon hitter, and you, that's not what you that's not what you spent one hundred eighty-four million. He for. also can't hit, of course not. Jesse. Of course not. Yeah, there, people love him. two, three days ago. He got two RBIs. He hit a seven hopper up I the know. middle with men on second and third. Oh, he got two ribbies. He got two ribbies. It was well, a it was whip. a poop. He didn't whip. <laughs> there you go. Got damning with faint praise like jigs. Exactly. He hits a seven and a half hopper up the middle. I know. And that's where I'm saying it's like my expectations are so low when he does something like that. I don't care if it's luck or fortune or whatever. Uh-huh. At least he made contact. But look, no one's going to argue with you. You can't argue. It's like last year when I Anybody that wanted to argue the other side of Schwarber should be going to the minors. You, you, you can't argue it. He's hitting 180. If he goes to the minors, that that's the norm. We're Staying out of time. The, We're out of time. But no. the follow-up, and you can uh, shoot us around, would be, how big is their window? See, now we're going to go to the real big picture, all right? Not just the Hayward. Yep. How long do they, and we don't have time. Give me a little music for Jesse as we let him get back on 294 Continental Toyota. Uh, on LaGrange Road. Just north of I-55. Just nearby, north of nearby Burr Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I always start with the uh, uh, the communities that are more apt to buy your books. See, Burr oh, Ridge, okay. Hinsdale, <laughs> Western Springs, everybody. Carmen DeFalco should stop by. He's Carmen, in the neighborhood. You're just minutes away. Yep. But Jesse, the window, and we got to run. We'll let you go. But the window of opportunity, they think what? They got five, six, seven years? I'll tell you something. When they got to start paying, and we don't have time to list them, all the young guys, they got to start paying them. They're not going to be able to keep them. All their farm system is still uh, empty. Uh, their, their window might only be two years, not six years, all right? You look around baseball, fellas. All these teams in the last uh, a couple of weeks, you look around. They all got young players. Atlanta's pretty darn good. They all do. They got these young players. You go, where do these guys come from? Yeah, Joe made a point the other day that all of a sudden that maybe some of these rebuilding teams are finally ascending. Yeah. That's the word he used. And, you know, they, he's not wrong. One or two of these teams will bite some, some the Cubs in the butt. We know that. Braves could do it this weekend. The Pirates just did it, as a matter of fact. So no one's an easy out um, because so many have been rebuilding. They're bound to find three or four that are going to find, you know, have that good year that you a little bit ahead of time like the Cubs were in 15. Well, it's all about the window, all right? It's all about the window. How much time do they think they have? You're going to carry Hayward for two, three years, and the window's closed, and you didn't win because, well, now we're going to cut them now. Jesse, you're the best. Sell a lot of books. Uh, and please don't suck. No, that's not it. What <laughs> Try not to suck. Try not to suck. Jesse Rogers, go visit him right now. Uh, Continental Toyota, he'll hand you a hot dog, even if you don't buy the book. I don't know about that. If that's his idea of a good time. Thanks, Jesse. <laughs> See you, guys. See you, Jess. He wears me out. He's the best. Oh, I should have done it at the end. Do you have one more nugget? No, he doesn't have any nuggets. He's got to get in the car and get over to Continental Toyota. Can he get there from uh, Tui? Takes him a little while. It'll be about it. It'll be right there on time. Yeah, on a Saturday afternoon, Saturday morning, a little bit of rain. Should be all right. Yeah. 25 minutes. What if he goes south on uh, 55 and uh, he's halfway to St. Louis? I don't see Continental. Yeah. It's tricky sometimes right there. I know that little fork right there, yeah. heading south on 294. Uh-huh. You know, he's halfway uh, down to Springfield, and he stops at a gas station. Am I near Hodgkins? Oh, call the Nobody police. Nobody knows where Hodgkins call is. Me, even if you live in Hodgkins. Yeah. 
Lots to cover. Bears at the top of the hour. I know we're running late. Hey, vote right now. Uh, best top ten draft pick for Theo of these three. Vote now. Albert Almora, Kyle Schwarber, Ian Happ. We'll get back on the uh, White Sox Bears beat. And I got a ton of stuff to cover along with Fred Hubner. We are ESPN 1000. Mike Murphy. Fred Hubner back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Halfway home, a busy Saturday. You might be out and about running some errands, going to the hardware store, or wherever you are listening from. Glad you're with us. Right now, it actually looks like the rain has uh, has let up a little bit. <laughs> and it would allow the Cubs to play baseball. As of now, they're still planning on playing baseball. Hmm. And uh, Ian Happ leading off. So. Nasty. Well, so Not that we'll he's see. leading off. No, Na- well, nasty. some might say nasty that he's leading off. But Well, you know, one of the, he has that nice two-for-four box, and one was the broken bat dunker. But, hey. You want the kid to succeed. That's fine. And you know the one thing you want him to do? Once in a while, smile. He smiled once, no, I remember, last him. year. No, no. Well, I don't want him to smile. I want him to smile. I want him to be happy playing the game of baseball. I'd like to see him round the bases with a big smile on his face after he hits one into onto the onto the street. Ian Happ, I heard someone, I don't know where, this week wrote or said, "Well, you know, he's uh, he's sort of like uh, a young Ben Zobrist." Yeah, where were you when they drafted him five years ago, four years ago? He was drafted by Theo to be. The next Ben Zobrist. Yeah. Which makes you a little dubious as to, well, you know, is he an everyday player? Well, Zobrist played every day. But Zobrist, uh, you know, he was adequate at second base. I don't know if, I think Ian Happ will aspire to be adequate at second base, which is not bad if you're, you know, hitting 310, getting on base, knocking in runs, scoring from first on doubles, you know. And he could very well still be that guy. He's still very young, but it hasn't looked good. But young guys, they trick you. They have peaks and valleys, and you hope that, you know, after the second or third year, which he's still in his uh, uh, second or and well, a second half full, year. Yeah. You know, se- thanks. Yeah. Right. Second full year. But uh, when I first saw him, I said, you know what? If he could be Ben Zobras, that's great. Zobras played. I'm sure he played 120, 130 games a year in his heyday for five, seven, eight years. I'm sure. Ben Zobras was a walking on base guy, which, uh, you know, everyone then and still now, uh, you know, coveted. Uh, he's obviously slowed down now, Ben Zobras, but when you give him enough rest, you know, never more than two games in a row, a day off every two days. I mean, he still comes up there hacking, yeah, and he'll one, drive that ball. 152, 151, 156, 157, 157, 146. Uh, Here's what you do. Take his, do from old, from far away to recent, do his batting averages where he had about a five-year streak where he hit about, or on base, on base. Look at his on base for about a five-year stretch there. And it'll be almost identical every year. His on base was like 362, 361, 365. It's uh, 353, 377, 354, 354, 359. How's that? And then 386, his first year with the Cubs. Yeah. 318 and 17 and 341 so far this year. And, but Joe knew how to use him, too. Yeah. He rested him when he needed a rest. Point is, Ian Happ, 
you know, he'll never, it's funny. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing him, but he's got the Pete Rose type of a gene in that Pete Rose was an all-star at five positions. Why? Because he couldn't play any of them. All right. As you age, you move down the Bill James uh, defensive spectrum. The toughest two positions are like a shortstop second base. He came up as a second baseman. Right. Then the next is center field. He can never play center. Next on the spectrum is third base. He went from second to third. Then next on the spectrum is like right field, left field, and first base sort of mixed together. Pete Rose, all-star, second base, then third base, then uh, right field, then left field, then first base. So switch hitter. He's got... So what I'm saying is, Ian Happ, you can imagine a poor man's Pete Rose. Again, I'm not comparing him, but the same type of guy. And Zobris. So all of a sudden, I was getting a kick. People are going, hey, Ian Happ's got a little Zobris in him. You think? But that means he's got a hit. Yeah. The, the other thing, too, is and everybody brings this up. And again, the Cubs won the World Series two years ago. So that's great. But four first-round draft picks in a row were Almora, Bryant, Schwarber, and Happ. You look at those four, you have Bryant. The other three, you still don't know what you got. Well, let's bring in uh, EO11 with the results of our 10 o'clock uh, Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter poll, which was Theo's best top draft pick. In fact, they were all in the top 10 of the first round. The best top 10 draft pick, and you could vote for, uh, as Fred just posed again, uh, Albert Elmore, Kyle Schwarber, Ian Happ. This is another one of those questions where I wouldn't be surprised if it's about 33, 33, 33, which would make me very happy. Uh, Eric, is it a runaway or uh, Almora Schwarber Hap? Uh, don't give me the answer, but is it uh, close or what? Just give me the percentages first. Don't tell us who. Okay, so the percentages are 22%, 53%, and 25%. All right, not bad, not bad. So uh, Schwarber wins. Correct, with 53%. And Elmore and Hap sort of tied. Yep, Elmore's got 25, Hap has 22%. Yeah, see, the thing is, you don't know who those two are, and everybody talks about tanking, and the Cubs tanked because they can get the higher draft picks. Well, so far, the only guy that worked in that whole situation is Bryant. Exactly right. Uh, Elmore, you know, and and people say, well, you know, Schwarber helped him win the World Series. Listen, Schwarber had seven hits in the World Series. Okay, yeah, that was great. It was a wonderful thing, but... He's he's not the reason you got to the World Series. He wasn't there all season that year. So now you don't know what you have in Schwarber. You still don't know what you got in Hap. And you and Almora is not good enough for that for you know to play. He wants to get out there and go every day, but Joe doesn't think he can do it. So the reason the Cubs won the World Series was more for, because of trades than from tanking. Think yeah. about it. They got Addison Russell in a trade. They got <laughs> right. they signed John Lester. You know, people hate when I say this. Theo has been terrible with draft picks. They have nothing in the system now. They have nothing to trade. That's why there's window. See, you don't have a lot of players coming up to this day. He's had seven drafts. It's been pretty much empty. Empty. He's made some beautiful trades. Yeah. He gets Russell. He gets Rizzo. He gets Arietta. He gets Hendricks. Nice trades. Uh, and those are the reasons they won, not right. because of their draft. Jim Hendry's guys, Baez and Wilson Contreras, didn't yep. hurt. No. And he had all the guys to make those great trades with Hendry guys. Right, he had uh, all the he, you know traded everyone from from Garza to Dempster uh, to who's the big blonde haired guy that he traded the Padres for Rizzo. I always Cashner, Cashner. Yeah, you know. And then anyway, he won the World Series. Yeah. that's all that, that counts. But now the window 
is not six years. It's about two years. And they're going to keep Hayward. That makes it tougher to repeat. So the, the, the one point I was making is, you know, the trades are what won them. The and World fine. Series and down they to did. the position they, they are. terrific trades. Not the drafts. But... They tanked so they can get the higher draft picks. Right. So it's funny because tanking really didn't get them to where they are. Other than uh, Bryant. Other than Bryant. And that's only because Houston didn't take him in the number one slot. (laughs) Exactly. They took a bum-arm pitcher. Oh, Mark Appel, who's out of the game. Otherwise, Theo would have had Mark Appel, number two. I know. Not so good. Well, and the other guy is Jonathan Gray, who's, you know, who keeps getting hurt for the Rockies. He was off the, yeah, he was gone third. Yeah. When we return, Fred, I'm glad you just checked this out. This is unbelievable. I stumbled on this when we return. Theo, the White Sox, Rick Hahn, Kenny, and Ryan Pace. Okay. All right. We're going to compare them all. They're all going to sit in the same room. Wait to hear this. Theo had four in a row top ten first-round picks. Yes, he did. The White Sox had four in a row top ten first-round picks. Ryan Pace, as of next month, four will have four in a row, top ten first-round picks. We'll see how the three compare when we return. Bears talk, top of the hour. Oh, it's always nice to have Patrick Finley. Sometimes Bears guys say he'll give us a call. He had an interesting angle. Could it be that the Bears might be thinking of trading down in the first round? And vote right now. Last chance to vote. Which is best for the Bears, A or B? Vote right now. Which is best for the Bears, A or B? A, if four quarterbacks are picked before the Bears' uh, number eight pick, or B, if only three quarterbacks are picked before the Bears' first round pick, don't vote till you think about it. It's a thinking question. Back after this, Murph and Freddie ESPN 1000. Vote now. Welcome back. Murph and Fred. Busy Saturday. Ah, uh, this just in. Uh-oh. Jesse Rogers has made it to Continental Toyota. He doesn't know where he is, but he got there. He's there. Did he actually, what, uh, He just posted a picture on Twitter. He's made it there. Book signing, ESPN giveaway, including Cubs tickets. Does he so say uh, where he's at in case someone wanted to go? Uh, he made it to Continental Toyota in Hodgkins. That's what he wrote. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he's there. Took a picture and everything. He has no idea where he is, but he's there. Showroom's all dressed up for him. Uh, hey, last chance vote right now. Uh, Eddie has been 1,000. Sounds like an easy question. Which is best for the Bears, A or B? A, four quarterbacks picked before their number eight pick. Or B, three quarterbacks picked before their number eight pick. Don't vote without thinking. We'll break it down in a few minutes with Patrick Finley, sometimes Bears guy. All right. Fred, you tickled this, and I had it deep in the yellow pad here. Didn't think we'd get to it, but we will. In the last four years, it's amazing. Theo has had four. Well, no, he was not in the last four, but Theo recently had four picks in the uh, top ten of the first round. Uh, the White Sox, Kenny, and then... Uh, uh, Rick Hahn, excuse me, Rick, uh, had four picks of the top ten in the first round. And as of next month, Ryan Pace also, will not saying much about our teams, no. also will have four picks in the top ten of the first round. Who 
when it's all said and done, because you have to wait a little while to, you know, evaluate draft picks. Well, you can do it on different levels. Evaluate now and then later. Uh-huh. So, Theo, Bryant, Elmora, Schwarber, and Hap. White Sox. Carlos Rondon. Rodon. I'm sorry. It's been so long since yeah. I've heard his name. Well, now he's on the 60-day DL, so he won't be here till June or well, July. Well, yeah, but they had to do that. I think it's right. a procedural thing with yeah. the 40 minutes. I was going to say Rodon. I knew it was Rodon. Thank you. Carlos Rodon, Carson Fulmer, Zach Collins, the uh, catcher, and third baseman of the future, Jake Berger. Berger technically was 11th. I know. You weren't supposed to say uh, you got No, no. Because someone else, someone else will let us know. I didn't want to say top 10, 12, and one top 11. <laughs> I never... T- you just got to be, got to be factual. No, you don't. <laughs> no, I, I've long felt that we are entertaining. We're still entertaining. If, We're even more entertaining than I called you out for not. If someone other than you uh-huh. wants to look it up, is it? He was eleventh. Well, I looked it up for my own because I know that they had several draft picks that were first rounders. Right. Yeah. He was uh, like uh, if Eric Ostrowski was uh, picked. Uh, and I said top ten. Eric would be happy. Right, you give me credit where I don't deserve credit. I'll take it. Get a bigger bonus. That's right. He was slotted. Yeah. What? All right. Okay, so Rodon, Fulmer, Collins, and Berger. And the Bears. As of next week, four picks in the top ten, two weeks. Kevin White, Leonard Floyd, Mitch Trubisky, and... And... And is a, is a good question. Nelson, Quentin with an E, Quentin Nelson, Kevin White, Quentin Nelson, Leonard Floyd, Mitch Trubisky. When it's all said and done, who's going to have the best four picks in the first round, 11 or better? Is that okay? 11 or better? That's good. It's amazing when you think about it that all four will have... Four picks in a row. Yeah. At 10, 11, or better. And all we've done is talk about the Bulls tanking. And you've had four, you have had three other teams in town that have all sucked. I can't take the Bulls anymore. Well, thank God it's over. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I asked Sam Smith last night. I heard you guys. It was have great. You, have you ever have you ever gone through a worse season? He immediately said no. Sam Smith was he immediately great. No. Sam, if you're listening. <laughs> I was waiting for you to ask him about the last that book he just put out about the, yeah, the guys. Yeah. Sam Smith's the best. We'll have him on again. <laughs> yeah, he said all this uh, tanking. He says, I don't see any LeBrons or Michael Jordans out there this year. What's everybody all excited about? Exactly. <laughs> Nobody can tell you who the top pick is, so why is everybody tanking? So uh, let's go to Eric Ostrowski. Eric, uh, who's going to, when it's all said and done, have had the best four picks in a row in the top 11? Theo, Bryant, Elmora, Schwarber, Hap, Sox, Rodon, Carson Fulmer, two of the pitchers, catcher Zach Collins, third baseman uh, Jake uh, uh, Cheeseburger, and Ryan Pace, Kevin White, Floyd, Leonard Floyd, Mitch Trubisky, and Quentin Nelson, or whoever they picked this year. It's tough. I feel like you have yeah. to go with who will be. I think because mm-hmm. Bryant's already won the MVP, that mm-hmm. kind of gives the Cubs a leg up. Yeah. But if Trubisky turns into a franchise quarterback, uh, then that's the winner. Yeah. Yeah, but going, because Bryant has the MVP right now, it's the Cubs. I'm mm-hmm. going Bears. Mm-hmm. Cubs are close second, though. But I'm, I've, I've got to go Bears mm-hmm. because I think Leonard Floyd's going to develop. I think, and, and I predict that whoever they pick number eight is going to be a player. Swami Fred. This year. 
Say it like you mean. And Mitchell it. Trubisky will uh, will develop into a quarterback that I don't know if he's going to be. Is he going to be an All Star? Is Mitchell Trubisky going to be an all-star quarterback? Is he going to be a pro bowler? Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's on the side circuit, uh-huh. bowling in the offseason to make That's some right. side money. All right, when we return, we got Bears talk stuck around. He had a great piece the other day, Patrick Finley. Last chance vote right now. Or should we? Let's find out right now. How'd the fans vote, uh, EO11? Which will be the best scenario for the Bears? When their pick number eight comes up, four quarterbacks will have already been picked. Or when the Bears' number eight pick comes up in two weeks, three quarterbacks only will have been picked. Sounds so easy. Got to be A. Four off the board, that means the big studs will be dropping down uh, like pie from the sky, as uh, as uh, Bill, Bill Wennington would say. Apple pie from the sky. But... Maybe that's not the case. Maybe three quarterbacks, other teams then want to trade up. What the fans say, Eric? In a landslide with 87% says it's better if the Bears have, or if, if four quarterbacks ah. are picked before the Bears pick. That's what you would say. That's what they did say. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's not as simple no. as that. Stepping aside, glad you've been with us. Uh, Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, back in a flash. Busy day. Hope you're out and about having a good day. Uh, we'll return right after this. It's ESPN 1000. The State Street Studio, home of ESPN 1000, uh-huh. Chicago's all sports station. That's right. This is WMVP AM Chicago. Four and three and two and one. Welcome back. Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, glad you're able to spend some time with us. Nine till noon every Saturday. One minute away from Patrick Vinley talking bears from the Sun-Times. Fred, uh, here's our uh, Twitter poll for this half hour. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Question, where is Doug Collins? A. That's the, that's the question? Yeah. A or B. Where is Doug Collins? A. Working hard for the Bulls, or B, hardly working for the Bulls. That's okay. all. That's all. Just wondering. Big hoopla when they signed. I love Doug Collins. He used to do Remember, he was our yeah. NBA expert for many years. Yep. Wonderful fellow in real life. Terrific uh, analyst. He's signed up with uh, Jerry and uh, Johnny Paxson and everybody. You know, nice hoopla. Where is Doug Collins? A, Working hard for the Bulls. B, hardly working for the Bulls. Vote right now at ESPN 1000. He always writes great stuff. One of our favorite guys, Fred. And he had a real interesting, as always, angle a couple days ago. Bears unlikely to pick a quarterback, but they could explore trading down. And uh, he's not saying they will or they won't, but... Uh, Keeps the door open. Let's uh, go now to the uh, sometimes sports desk. Let's bring in uh, beat reporter Murph and Fred with Patrick Finley. Good morning, Patrick. Hey, what's up, fellas? How are you? Hey, Patrick, I got to tell you, if I didn't read your article, I would have no idea who Tyler Bray was and why he's being mentioned in your article. <laughs> I swear to God, I had no idea who the third string, the third quarterback for the Bears was until I read your article. And you know, I, maybe yeah. it's Sox and Cubs and all the other stuff, but I didn't know Tyler Bray from you know the guy in the street. <laughs> I don't know that you have much of a reason to, honestly. But he's uh, 
Uh, he spent five years with the Chiefs. He knows the offense. Uh, he played at Tennessee, if you remember, back in the day. But uh, as I wrote, you know, they're set at quarterback because they've got three. But, you know, if Tyler Bray stands between you and drafting a quarterback you like, uh, you know, that's not that's not going to happen either. Yeah. Fans had a Patrick Finley nice enough to spend a few minutes of his personal time calling in uh, to ESPN 1000. Okay, so uh, here's some of the uh, highlights. Uh, in fact, I had to yellow highlight your whole column here, which uh, I had a I had a producer, uh, Patrick Fred, years ago, many years ago, and I'd hand him a, like a column at, uh, you know, five in the morning, and I'd say, here, do my favorite, yellow highlight the good stuff in this, because I want to do my compressed column, where, you know, I'd read the column in like two or three minutes, because who has time to read it? So he'd hand it to me like at showtime, and he had highlighted the entire thing. The entire column was, was yellow. just a great article. Yellow, I go, what'd you do? He goes, oh, it was so good, I yellow highlighted all of it. I go, here's a better idea. Next time, don't highlight the good stuff. <laughs> all right. So, so here we go. Uh, Patrick says, uh, well, the Browns and the Jets are uh, locks. Locks to each select a QB in those first four picks. Uh, then it gets a little more interesting as you uh, go down. It appears, uh, now to paraphrase Patrick, it appears there'll be four quarterbacks gone. But we just had uh, our Twitter poll for the last hour. And the question was, I got this after reading your piece, by the way, when it came to me. I said, which will be best for the Bears, A or B? A, four quarterbacks are picked. Before the Bears pick. Well, that's been a no-brainer to me, and that's what I've been saying from the five. Remember, the early five could go, and then the Bears have three chant, three picks from the, the top three pick anyone they want, or, or four quarterbacks. You got the four. But then I read your piece, and I'm thinking, well, if only three go, if only three quarterbacks go, there's going to be teams, and that was one of your angles, lower down that are going to say, you know what? We can get one of those uh, top four quarterbacks if we trade up. And you mentioned Buffalo sitting there with the number 12 and the number 22 pick in the first round. You mentioned New England has the 23rd and 31st pick in the first round. You mentioned the Cardinals at 15. So, oh, by the way, the final vote was a runaway. 83% of our respondents, four quarterbacks picked would be best for the Bears. But that means there were about 17% and me. That voted for well, maybe three quarterbacks makes it more interesting. Not that we want you to vote here, but explain your angles, uh, both sides here from your piece the other day, please. Well, I think the Bears would prefer that four quarterbacks get taken. If that's the case, then they're going to have their choice of, you know, Saquon Barkley, Bradley Chubb, uh, Quentin Nelson, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, Denzel Ward, all these guys, and all of them would be pretty good fits. For the Bears, you know, I fall into the camp that every year uh, I am all for a team trading back. I think that that's typically a, a wise move uh, if they can find a partner. But I, I think that that's, that second part is going to be the hard part here. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, maybe the Bills give you their two first-round draft picks, you know, for, you know, for your pick in a five or in, you know, a fifth round or something like that. That might make sense. But, you know, this draft isn't considered very deep at all. And, you know, I'd argue to you that even at 15 with a Cardinals draft, um, you know, that's not a very good draft selection here. Um, so it, it's easier said than none to find a draft partner. Um, right now, as I think it sits, the Bears would be thrilled if four went in front of them. That would guarantee them one of the best four uh, people who play other positions. 
uh, in this draft, and that's really uh, what they need. Yeah, that, I don't know. You know, you look at somebody like like the Bills. You know, that number twelve pick, the Bears could still end up maybe with somebody in Ryan Pace's first tier. But I think that that would be a push, and, and I don't know that you want to get too cute at this point. That would be his cloud, as he calls it, right? Not cloud. his tear. Yeah. His cloud. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he, cloud it, makes it sound so much more interesting. See, than I, I, I read every word, even the ones I didn't yellow highlight from your piece. See, and, and <laughs> you look at it, and the two first two guys you mentioned with Barkley and also with Chubb, those two are probably the first non-quarterbacks you would think would go in the draft, correct? Correct, for sure. Okay, because, you know... You could argue Quentin... I mean, you could argue Quentin Nelson, maybe. Uh, you know, if it were me, and if I were drafting uh, for the Bears, if Quentin Nelson was there at eight, I would be absolutely beside myself thrilled. And I would take Quentin Nelson, and I would have Mitch Trubisky's new best friend for the next <laughs> ten years. Uh-huh. I, would be, I, would be, I would be happy with that. And there was some thought that maybe the Giants could look at Nelson. Um, but, yeah, I mean, generally Nelson, Shubb, and, and Barkley are, are, are the three can't-miss guys uh, in this draft. Well, and the Giants are in a situation, too, with Eli Manning where they've got to figure out, listen, if we don't take a quarterback and we go somewhere else, which quarterbacks will be available? Because somewhere along the line, we got to get a backup for whenever Eli's going to be gone, right? Well, yeah, I mean, the Giants and the Broncos both have this question to answer, which is, you know, if you think you're going to have a year or two of your current starter, uh, do you go get his replacement now, even though it won't help you? Or, you know, it won't help you immediately this season? Or do you uh, try and get the best player you can and just kind of worry about that uh, on another day? I mean, I mean, when the Broncos went ahead and signed Case Keenum, that was a two-year contract. I mean, that's not – he's not the quarterback of the future there. He's the quarterback of the present. And, and you wonder whether Denver uh, would just go grab somebody to sit behind him or, or whether they just you know, won't be able to say no if, for example, Quentin Nelson is there uh, or even Bradley Chubb. Visiting uh, Patrick Finley, uh, Giants in the two-hole as you are discussing Broncos in the five-hole. I, I listen to experts. I listen to Fred, guys that know a lot about the NFL. I listen to you. Louis Riddick. Uh, was on uh, recently. Fred, remind us who he is again. Uh, is it- he's Well, he's a guy that's been, you know, assistant GM, player personnel guy in the NFL, and he mm-hmm. works over at ESPN, and uh, he'd still, he still wants to get a general manager's job with, with somebody in the NFL, and I would think anybody that selects him would make him be wake, making a wise move. He was on the air about oh, 10 days ago, uh, fellas. I have a sound bite, but it's a little too long, but I'll paraphrase. I think uh, Tommy Waddle asked him, uh, if it comes down, say the Bears are on the board, and on the board would still be Quentin Nelson and a cornerback, uh, Denzel Ward, I believe, or whomever. And Riddick said, huh. I would jump at Quentin Nelson. And I think Tommy Waddle was sort of proposing the other guy, you know. And here's what he said, and I'd like to hear your thoughts, both of you, uh, Patrick. Uh, Riddick, Lewis Riddick said, the game has changed. He said it's an inside game now more than it's ever been, meaning interior line on both sides. And, you know, Tommy Wilde, the wide receiver, he said, well, you got to take a cornerback, and I understand that. But this fellow, uh, Lewis Riddick, made a great argument, and it was sort of even more than my X's and O's knowledge, but he said the game is transitionalizing to an 
more of an inside game. I don't know if he means running the ball up the gut. I don't think so. But he meant protecting the quarterback. As you just said, uh, Quentin uh, Nelson could be uh, Trubisky's new best friend. What did he mean uh, by the it's, – it's, uh, do you believe that it's going to a, a different, more of an inside game? What did he mean? I believe his argument is that it used to be that you put your best pass rushers on the outside – uh, and you let them go do damage. Now, when you look around the league, there are defensive tackles who are fantastic pass rushers. I mean, Aaron Donald is one of them. Uh, you know, Michael Bennett moves all over the line. Uh, people get creative with where they can put their defensive linemen. And because of that, you're going to need guards who can pass block uh, all across uh, the line. You know, or you need guard centers uh, who can pass block. It's not just a tackle versus an outside linebacker anymore. Um, you know, also in terms of the Bears, you know, Ryan Pace, let's keep in mind, Pace came from New Orleans. One of the things they tried to do in New Orleans, because Drew Brees was a little shorter, was they had to protect him at guard and at center. They needed to keep guys out of his face so he could see. So, uh, you know, Mitch obviously has a little more height. Mitch isn't incredibly tall for a quarterback. But uh, Pace is certainly familiar with the philosophy of, of trying to keep a little halo in front of him clean. And, and even if you look at the way they've constructed their roster, to this point, I mean, they spent the last two years with Josh Sitton, Kyle Long, and Cody Whitehair uh, at center and at guards. Uh, that was among the best, you know, groups in the league at that position. You know, you can tell that the Bears in the past have prioritized those spots. Uh, now you look at their roster and they're missing a left guard. They don't have a surefire starter there, and it makes you wonder whether they're planning on getting that person uh, in the draft. So with all these uh, new wide receivers and tight end trying to get uh, Tariq Cohen out into space, as they say, Lord knows the group last year didn't know what they were doing with their uh, with Cohen. If he happened to pop one, it was amazing because it was all on his own. He felt like he had to hit a home run every time he got the ball. So final follow-up on uh, Quentin Nelson uh, in, in the new middle uh, game, as we're saying. It's going to be obviously, what, a quick drive? Uh, shotgun quick release so it's harder now for the the uh, defensive the edge rushers, the edge rushers yeah. to to get there in time therefore the offensive tackles are not as key anymore is that part of the new offense at least for the bears or in general that we're talking about yeah certainly in general and, and you know when you look around uh, the nfc north i mean the thing that the vikings do um, that, uh, that, you know, uh, Mike Zimmer brought over from the Bengals is, is they blitz right over the center. I mean, that is their go-to, uh, defensive scheme there. And, and so at least twice a year, you want to uh, make sure that you can cover up that spot. And I, I think as you look around the league, it's, it's just not people coming from the outside the way it used to be. What did you think about the whole um, Cam Meredith situation, them not signing him? They bring in a guy. It's almost like they said, okay, we got to pick somebody up because the Bears fans are going crazy for a receiver. So they pick up this kid Fowler from the used to be with Denver, and he, you know, he had three touchdowns last year. Started every game, right? He play, not start, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. He, he, played in, he played in 16 games. Yeah. He but, uh, started four. All right, yeah, okay. I mean, I would argue, I mean, as for the timing on Fowler, I mean, they have – a uh, mini camp that starts on Tuesday, and uh, because of that, they you know they need bodies too, guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, not that Benny Fowler is an afterthought here, but he's somebody that can go through the practices with them right now. And, and, and because of that, there's a benefit to signing him today versus a week from today, where they don't necessarily have that mini camp coming up. Uh, the, the Cam Meredith thing is interesting. Um, 
I think it's odd at best. Um, but, you know, you look at the Bears, they were clearly able to uh, put their price on him. And their price on him was somewhere probably uh, north of a million nine, but south of two million nine. Mm-hmm. And it certainly wasn't 5.4 million, which is the guarantee he'll get from the Saints the next two years. And, and you know, I, I understand that Bears fans are upset. Uh, it's clear the Bears weren't comfortable with his knee. And, you know, it, it's just kind of a sad situation across the board. Meredith's exactly what you want to do if you're a personnel guy. I mean, right. he's an undrafted free agent, free agent, local kid, played for cheap for three years and made an impact. And when guys like that succeed, that's great motivation throughout the organization to find another guy. And, and that's motivation to teammates that see, you know, if I work hard, it doesn't matter if I'm just an undrafted guy, they'll make room for me. This is a great story. And unfortunately, when he hurt his knee, in the you know in the third preseason game last year, you know he probably cost himself a lot of money, and you know he cost himself the confidence of the Bears, and you know I think he and his and his agent did a great job getting five point four million. Yep. I mean that's that's a lot of guaranteed money, um, and it's it was too much for the Bears' blood. Yeah, because they had to spend all their guaranteed money on a kicker. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I'll tell you what. Nobody, yeah, nobody cares about the kicker until he misses one, yeah. and, and then we can learn his name. You're right. Leave you with this, uh, fellas. Uh, would we guess then that uh, Ryan Pace, his wish number one dream, is indeed uh, Quentin Nelson? He obviously nobody knows. He's great at keeping secrets. Look what no one knew about what he was orchestrating last year in the first round. Would you guess? Uh, Fred and then Patrick, that that's the guy he's hoping for? I have no idea. I really don't. I'm going to, unless he, unless he tips his hand somewhere, I have no idea what he's going to do on draft night. I think that he needs two positions covered. He needs an, an outside linebacker and he needs a guard. Uh, the outside linebacker, there is, you know, there, there are not many good ones in this draft. And, and Chubb is the best by far. If Chubb were there, I think that that would be a absolute home run for the Bears. Uh, like I said before, if you're asking me who I think the best player is going to be, I think it will be Nelson. Uh, if he gets either of those two guys, uh, you know, he should drop to his knees and thank whoever he prays to <laughs> because that would be a fan- that would be a fantastic uh, first round for Ryan Pace if he wound up with either of them. The best description I've heard uh, ever. I don't know who said it, so I can't give credit to the uh, Quentin Nelson's uh, body uh, shape. Is uh, he says he looks like the uh, vault at the local bank. <laughs> He's a big man. We went we went and saw him at his uh, at his pro day at Notre Dame a couple weeks ago and. You know, I don't get very excited watching guys in shorts, you know, run around and hit bags. But, uh-huh. but it was it was wildly impressive, and just the face it, when you look at the faces of the scouts who were there, hmm. you could tell that this is something that you don't see every day. Check him out; uh, does a great job along with the Adam Johns, uh, Patrick Finley at the Sun Times, our Bears guy today. Thanks a million for your personal time, Patrick. Hey, anytime. See you, Patrick. Appreciate it. Yeah, there'll Bye. be some fun stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks with the draft. Less than two weeks away now. Mm-hmm. I have no, I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. I, so many times I like breaking down the draft after the draft as opposed to before the draft because, like everybody else, we're guessing. We're guessing what uh, all these general <laughs> yeah. managers are thinking. We have no idea who they think is the best quarterback. No idea what they think about Quentin Nelson. They're not going to tell you, and anything they do tell you is. Pretty much going to be a lie. As far as we know, the uh, Cubs game is still on. Yep. 
has not been uh, banged yet, uh, which is a 25-year-old expression. And uh, recently I've heard, hey, that's the new phrase. They banged the No, 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 banged the games. They're only about 25 years old called a con of uh, rain. Uh, last chance vote right now. Where do you think Doug Collins is since he was hired to be sort of the uh, Bulls, uh, sort of executive overseer or the helper or the guy if uh, Johnny Paxson needed to call somebody for advice? Haven't heard a word from him. So uh, uh, where's Doug Collins? Vote right now at ESPN 1000. A, working hard for the Bulls. B, hardly working for the uh, uh, Bulls. <laughs> Earth. There's a cow in the studio. Wait. What's your beef? <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Thought you'd never ask. Otani with the Angels. Pitcher. Yeah. No one can hit him. Home run hitter. He's going to start every Sunday. He hits home runs when he plays the three starts like three games a week in the middle of the week. Starts every Sunday. Here's my question. Here's my beef. How come? And I've asked a lot of people this. People that really know baseball, right? I said to him, when he pitches in the American League, why doesn't he bat in the seventh hole? He's, you know, he's the new Babe Ruth is yeah. what people are saying. Why? Because he can pitch and he can hit. And as of right now, small sample size, Murph, is he's uh, hitting home runs about every other day. And uh, when he pitches, he goes about seven innings, strikes out half the batters, it seems, and is doing great. And I said, well, then why wouldn't he? I know there's a DH. I understand it. That's the question. How come he doesn't be in the starting lineup when he's pitching? And everyone says, no, you can't do that. Yeah. You lose the DH, blah, blah. Man jumps over the moon. Fred, do you think that would ever happen? Why? No. There, no, huh? No, I okay. don't think so. That's what everyone says. I think they're gonna, they want him to concentrate on pitching when he's pitching and hitting right. when he's not. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to do it. He gets a, a home run every other game. When they get to the World Series, it's a different story. Because <laughs> of the National League right. rules half the time? Yeah. But, and, right. and I, I think even if the Angels got to the World Series, they would still have a DH for him at mm-hmm. the American League Park. Now, I know the rules... In the American League, if the pitcher hits, you lose the DH for the rest of the game. Right. I'm fine with losing it for the... No, but Murph in the ninth inning. Then you put a pinch hitter up. I predict, Swami Murph, somewhere along the line, the Angels are finally going to be forced to, if that's the phrase, put him into the starting lineup, bat him seventh, and let him get two, three at-bats, uh, no DH. And then, you know what? When he leaves the game in the seventh inning, then you... You like any other team? You pinch it for him. Uh, okay. Murph, what's your name? Oh, oh, thanks, Fred. Shelf life. Okay. Yeah. There's a beer's fr- got a longer shelf life than people think, especially if that shelf is in a refrigerator. What about if it's in your stomach? Well, that, that's not so long. That is a couple hours. <laughs> All right. If you're lucky. There's a phrase that I want to say is past its expiration date. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Because it took about 20 years to get rid of he's over his skis. Uh-huh. Right? And then about 10 years ago, pump the brakes slid in, which was a nice change from he's over his skis. The problem is you don't pump your brakes anymore. There have been anti-lock brakes right. for 10, 15 years. You, you're you told to not pump your brakes. Right. The anti-lock, it sort of tickles your foot, you know? Yeah, the which first, isn't good for it. The first time it happened, it scared the heck out of you, yeah, remember? Yeah. And they warned you. Right. Keep it down. 
So you don't even pump the brakes anymore. Nope, don't do it anymore. Uh, What's your beef? Oh, thought you'd never ask, Fred. <laughs> so you see this... Uh, Damn cows got beef. You see this stat, and he's drinking your beer. It doesn't say... He's, but it was almost expired. No, no, no daisy to cow. Get away. Inside baseball, they all do this, which is fine. Okay, so uh, I'm watching the game the other day. Happened to be the bottom of the ninth. The Sox were down 5-4. Okay, men on second and third. The White Sox have a... There's a, a one-point likely chance to score 1.98 runs. I, it's your beef. It's, it's up, ignore, your, up I, your can. I ignore when they say it. Uh, you know, with men on second and third base, the league average is, and the White Sox is. And shut up. 86% chance care. of scoring a run, and 50-50 uh, chance of scoring 1.98 runs right. with second and third and nobody out. Hey, here's here's the deal. It depends who's pitching, and it depends who's hitting. Yep. That's terrible. It's that a, means nothing. It's one of the worst numbers they put on TV. They're trying to uh, trying to appease the analytics people. I think it's one of the worst things they can put up there. It means absolutely awful. nothing. Awful stuff. Second and third, nobody out. Here's the odds of the run will score. Yeah, that's that's over time, and it doesn't have anything to do with if you have your worst hitter up, and they got their closer throwing. Now if they put uh, yeah, if, if they put when this guy's at the plate. Yeah. And when this guy's at the plate with runners in second, third, that's entertaining. And that's that, informational. And that does pitching. Not the league average of what's <laughs> going on with this guy's up. It's now, ridiculous. Uh, this was great. It was on our air the other day. All right. And this is not a beef. It was actually pretty interesting. Was that uh, Jason Benetti, voice uh-huh. of the White Sox. Yep. And they uh, occasionally uh, participate on our station. As long as it wasn't Sox, Matt, that probably was interesting. Now, that is an up-your-can beef. Ah, yes, it is. (laughs) But this was interesting. And we're we're glad they're with us, and they participate with ESPN 1000, and they give you, like, what the Sox are, their minor leagues, if they're raining, and what they do yesterday. And listen to this. This season, when a game gets to the 10th inning in the minors, each team starts with a runner at second base. In advance day, Winston-Salem's home opener yesterday, the Dash kept visiting Carolina off the board in the 10th. So, Joel Booker was standing at second as a pinch runner to open the Dash half of the inning. There you go. It's happening in the minor leagues. And uh, the Dash, you know why they're called the Dash? The White Sox double-A at Winston-Dash-Salem. It's a hyph Winston-Salem right. with a dash in the middle. So they're doing it now in the minor leagues, starting the 10th inning. Right. And on second, nobody out. Me, I know, I'm out of step Charlie. Oh, come on, you're a traditionalist, Murph. Well, I like it. I like the idea. And uh, the commissioner, I don't know, did uh, he get mad at you for this also? Did you ask him about it? But he said, I'll never, it's not really, we're not looking at it for They're the big leagues. At it, yeah. Baloney. Yeah, I think Sylvie asked about that. Baloney. Yeah, I don't think they should ever <laughs> look for it in the big leagues. Hey, let's take how a... Gonna, how are you going to give that guy credit then if he scores? Now then you have to... Uh, who are you going to you gonna put? How are you going to decide who go? Is it a guy that's already in the lineup? It's got to be a guy that made the last well, out the, the inning before. But the guy that made the last out yeah. goes to second base. Yeah. Now, Jason continued there uh, and says that there was a pinch runner. So you, the last guy that batted goes to second to start the 10th uh, inning if you're up to bat. Right. And then you can run for him just like a, a regular game. If you wish, and the next guy in the order that would have led off leads off anyway. So even though the guy went uh, four at bats and never got on base, he scored the winning run. 
He's on second base. He's going to run. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's pretty silly. Counting stats will be... But you know what? No one cares about counting stats. No, but in the except NFL, I do in my fantasy yeah, league. Right. But in the, <laughs> uh, you know, in minor leagues, it makes sense because nobody wants to stick around longer than nine innings for a minor league game. And we'll get the results from our Twitter poll when we return. Vote right now for our final Twitter poll of the day. Vote now. Who will have the best draft? Bears? Bulls. Vote right now at ESPN 1000. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Though the streams are swollen. Murph and Fred, Saturdays. Glad you're with us. Nine till noon. Looks nasty out there, but uh, Cubs game still on, uh, as far as we know, Fred. Yeah, Cubs game is still on, okay. and uh, let me get back to the tweet here from yeah. Bruce Miles because oh, uh, as all the guys are out there, they get a chance to talk with mm-hmm. Joe Madden, the uh, manager of the Cubs, and uh, yeah, they asked uh, Joe if there's a window to get this one in. He said yes, a bay window. Uh, mm. So apparently they're going to get this one in, and but uh, not a pleasant afternoon. Here it is. Um, can't be much fun for anyone, though, no. says Bruce Miles. And uh, so we'll see. It's a, a, a 121st pitch. Ian Happ leading off of the Northsiders. Covered a lot of Cubs in the first hour. And Jesse Rogers at 10. We'll get back on the Cub beat in a moment. Uh, let's bring in executive producer EO11, Eric Ostrowski. Our 11 o'clock poll, maybe sort of off the wall, but... I haven't heard his name mentioned since uh, the big announcement that the Bulls have brought in Doug Collins. Sometime that was like in the uh, maybe first a couple months of the season, I would believe. But whenever, uh, where's Doug Collins working hard for the Bulls or be hardly working for the Bulls? What the fans say, Eric? Over three fourths, seventy six percent say he's hardly working for the Bulls. And I'm not kind saying of job everybody would like. I'm not saying he's being lazy. And just something weird that you never hear about him. Uh, I'm sure he's out there doing what they want him to do. Don't yep. get me wrong. Yep, I'm sure he is. Uh, vote right now. Our final uh, Twitter poll. Who will have the best draft coming up, the Bears or the Bulls? Very simple. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Cubs bullpen's been fabulous all year. Except for one guy. Just one guy has brought it down. Yeah, Wilson. Yeah. They're playing with 23 men, as I mentioned uh, earlier in the show. You, you can't win. Let me rephrase it. It's very hard to win in Major League Baseball when every team's got 25 and your manager knows that two of them are not going to help you win. Yesterday, your bullpen went five and a third innings, gave up three hits, no runs. Yes, it did. They did the job. They struck out three. Mm-hmm. They didn't put men on base. Yep. And the Cubs bats couldn't do anything against Annabelle Sanchez and the rest of the Braves' um, bullpen. Yeah, they brought Wilson in the other day. Looked good for a couple batters. He looked good to get out of an inning. Got 0-2 count, I believe. Uh, then he walked the ballpark. I uh, couldn't get anybody out. Here's a guy that it was a not a major trade, but they made a, a trade. Candelaria, the switch hitting first baseman, third baseman, is off to a nice start with Detroit. It's early, I know, but. This was the guy that was supposed to really, you know, throws 95, the ball darts around, and he just can't get the ball over the plate when the pressure's on. Yeah, and you speak about the pressure, and he was pitching in Detroit, and Mm -hmm. Detroit hasn't had pressure since 68. 
Um, I mean, really, they, they've not had pressures. Well, 84 maybe, right? Okay. Is that the year that they won? Uh, should have been the yeah. Cubs in the right. World Series. Yeah. yeah, I had tickets for game the first two games in Detroit. And, oh, okay. and damn Rick Sutcliffe couldn't win game five. Rick Sutcliffe out with Waddle and Sylvie weekly. Um, but yeah, he hasn't, he didn't pitch with any pressure there. He's pitching with a little bit of pressure here at Wrigley Field, but you think he gets out of a jam. And it comes out in the next inning and walks people. It's, not one, not two, but three guys. You know, they're counting on him to do, you know, inning and a third. They yeah. get through uh, two and a, uh, two innings, an inning and two thirds. Sure. And, and Joe's got the whole thing figured out. Okay, then I bring in this guy and then the ninth inning guy. And then all of a sudden, you got to get someone up. And it's hard to get someone up when it was like uh, all of a sudden the wheels fall off in like three or four pitches. Well, the game went to hell because Joe said after the game that watching Darvish out there, he figured we got six innings. So he figured, oh, yeah, okay, we're going to go six innings right. and seven, eight, nine. No problem. We'll get it done. Then all of a sudden, yeah. Darvish gets into trouble. The you know the balk, the wild pitch, he goes soft. Homer. He goes soft. Yep. The balk call, which was a uh, disputed call, either way you look at it, we broke that down earlier, won't yep. do it again. And then uh, a bad call on the uh, no uh, one ball, no strike pitch was a strike on the K zone on TV. That's 2-0. and oh. oh, but you know those things aren't accurate, according to Rob Manfred, the but, your, your commissioner. But either way, when he's your ace, yeah. when he's your horse... You know, I, I sure you know, they got other guys, the Hendricks and the Lester. They could all be aces or horses. Point is, you're supposed to be above that and be able to come through that. You got to pick up your team. You got to when you make mistakes or the ump makes mistakes. You got to get through them, battle through them. Uh, another thing from Bruce Miles, which I know I thought you'd I find interesting. The team flags will not be flying atop the scoreboard, nor will the retired number flags from the poles. Because of high winds. It's sort of like the wind farm. You ever drive down to Rensselaer on the interstate or down, know, down to uh, down, Indianapolis? I, rather? I've never driven down 57 and even seen some, uh, some of the wind farms well, there. The wind farm, Indianapolis is unbelievable. The wind farm by Rensselaer yeah. where the Bears used to train years ago and down to Indianapolis. It looks like you're being invaded by like invasion of the large body snatchers coming at you. But then I drive by, it's like 40 mile hour winds are all turned off. I go, yeah. why would they, this would be the best day. Yeah. No, they can't run to wind farms if it's too windy. We love our guy Bruce Miles. Someone said the game should be postponed. He said it should be. Or maybe Rob Manfred could come out and sit in the stands with the fans. Nice. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like Bruce Miles. Let's go to the phones. Oh, Don't you see funny. what Heinz... Uh, catch up. Uh, yeah, I some, don't understand it. Yeah, Mayo Chup is maybe coming out. Yeah. Okay, let's go to what? Joe from Oak Lawn. Hello, Joe. Hi, fellas. I just wanted to present a theory uh, that I have about the Cubs. Everybody's saying, what's wrong with the Cubs? And uh, first off, I'll tell you what's wrong with the Cubs. Absolutely nothing. Because going back, to, I'm, and I'm a Cub fan. I'm going to preface this call by saying I'm a Cub fan and a Sox fan, too, by the way, Fred. I go both ways. Okay. But I want to tell you this. Um, last year, I labeled the Cubs pyrite. Now, for anybody who doesn't know who pyrite is, it's it's fool's gold. Iron pyrite. <laughs> Absolutely. And what the Cubs have, it's what I call the Gordon Beckham syndrome. Oh, my God. And basically what this is, now, now listen to this. Oh, the when the Cubs won the World gold. Series in, in 2016, they had a bunch of young guys come up the last three months of the season. Okay? And these, a lot of these guys contributed big. Baez, Schwarber, uh, were, were two of the big guys, uh, Contreras. And now if you remember when Gordon Beckham first came up with the White Sox, his first three months, uh, he played great. And then he just fell off the face of the earth. Now he's in a minor league system with the Seattle Mariners. What's your point? And 
my point is that a lot of these young Cub guys made vital contributions when they first came up, just like Gordon Beckham did. Okay, with the White Sox. All right, let now me ask you this. What in. about Yoan Mankata? Let's push the ball down the field, rub against the clock. What about Yoan Mankata? What about Yoan Mankata? <laughs> All the guy thinks about is Twinkies and fast cars. His head's not in the baseball. He's a butt. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I'm I like Twinkies. I like Twinkies. Uh, I'm not a, a gearhead. No, me neither. Uh, what's wrong? It, it's very hard watching Yon Moncada uh, at the plate right now, which fortunately, if you're a Sox fan, you didn't have to worry about last night. You won't have to worry about today or probably tomorrow either. He's going through a tough time. And uh, almost every guy his age, second year, does the same thing. It happens. And how much of it has to do with him batting leadoff? So Beckham Ricky did Ricky Renteria should make a change. And Joe made a good point. You know, some guys don't come back, like Beckham. Yeah. Other guys, like Rizzo. They come back after a trip down to the minors. Schwarber's right now, we don't know. He could go either way. He got sent down, he's back, in and out. He's had three ground ball base hits to the left side already in the 13 games. He only had four all last year. That, that could be a nice trend. Uh, Theo last year, the Cubs were second in the National League in runs scored, fourth in baseball in runs scored without a leadoff man. So we figured, well, we can do it again. Maybe they can. I don't know how long you can do that without having someone bonafide, and that's your definition, whatever's bonafide to you, uh, like Cap goes, doesn't have to be a flea anymore. I understand that. Yeah. But they have no one right now for the second year in a row. Last year it worked. This year maybe it will work again. And uh, Hayward now down at the eight hole in uh, 2016, the World Series when he, the season, they first got him. He bet in the two hole uh, for the first two months. And now he's in the eight hole. So you have an automatic out. You have a problem in right field. As Jesse said, they may not be able to get rid of him because of the money. And Cub fans, how many years longer is the window open? Ah, oh, four, five, six years. Maybe yes. You know, maybe no. The one thing that I got to let people know, and I'm sure they know about it, but just because the Cubs were second in the National League in scoring runs last year, it doesn't mean you're going to win because the team that was first was Colorado. Okay. They were first in scoring runs last year in the National League. They didn't win. Um, the Cubs scored last year was 17 times. They scored in double figures. This year, they're already off to that. They scored 13 the other day. They've got one run since. Here's what Jesse had to say earlier this week. I don't know what the answer is. I asked Joe straight out after the game about that. and He recognizes that pattern that happened a lot last year. And it's already happened this year, even in 12 games. Right, they scored a lot, um, and then the, uh, in Miami, then the next day they play 17 innings and score one. Um, it, it's already happening again. It's it's really strange. I mean, if it's not a coincidence and not about the opposing pitcher, then what's the reason, Cap? These guys get all cocky and arrogant after scoring 13, and then start swinging for the fences the next day, and they're humbled by it. I, I don't know. I really don't have an answer to that. It's it's a strange phenomenon. Usually, it is about the. The next opposing pitcher, oh, he's a good pitcher, he shut you down. But it keeps on happening. So no conclusions, but patterns that have carried over from last year are a little concerning. I'll put it that way. That's Jesse hitting the nail on the head earlier this week. Because Rizzo's been out. It's, you know, no team will look the same well, when their number uh, three or four hitters out. And it's not only a strange four. phenomenon now, but when I was a kid growing up, three. my I would be watching the White Sox back in the 60s and 70s. And they'd be scoring 10, 12 runs. My dad would say, save some for the next day. <laughs> All right. And, right. and what would happen the next day, they'd get shut out. So it's something that happens in baseball a oh, lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When it's Team scores big one day, bet against them the next. Mayo Chup 
What? Mayonnaise and ketchup? All that and more when we return. Last chance. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Stretch, Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, see you next Saturday, 9 till noon. I guess what it all boils down to at Clark and Addison, Fred, uh, Theo has to truthfully, in his mind, decide what the window of opportunity is. Well, do I have four or five more years? Then you know what? Maybe you can live with Hayward. Maybe he'll get hot. Maybe you can overcome with other great players. But if he says to himself, you know, I got big pa- salaries coming up, payroll, right. maybe... You know, I only got a two-year window left. Look at all these young players popping up around baseball. Don't have time to list 10, 20 of them right now. What well, these other teams get Marlins these guys? Everybody. And, yeah, Oakland A's, did you say? Yeah. Yep. And uh, maybe, Ben, if you only got a two-year window and Theo feels that, uh, he, he can't carry Hayward every for two more years if that's all your window is. Uh, let's bring in uh, EO11. Uh, the uh, Twitter poll question is... Or was. Who will have the best draft coming up? The Bears or the Bulls? Fred, this is, uh, I, I think the Bears, don't you? Well, they got number I, they eight. Have so many, they have so many picks. But they both have like the eight pick, maybe, and then the Bulls are actually going to be about six, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, the Bears, uh, the Bulls could be six or higher. Yes. They never know. They could, this, things could change. I think A, Bears. I I'd think that's 66 33. Uh, what, what did the fans say, EO? 76% of the fans agree with you guys that Bears will have a better draft. And we just put up an extra bonus Twitter poll question. Vote right now. How does it sound? Mayo chup. That's uh, Heinz uh, ketchup, uh, mayonnaise. Uh, they're considering uh, both in the same, uh, you know, squeeze bottle. Uh, half mayonnaise, I guess, half tomato. Yes or no? If it, you know, something's seriously wrong because <laughs> half mayo, half uh, ketchup was how you make thousand Western Island. dressing. Oh, oh I was going to say Thousand Island. Western, yeah. Western dressing. The first time yeah. I ever, I remember when Burger King first came to Chicago with the Whopper. Yep. And the first Whopper, and they used to be like three times bigger than they are now. It was unbelievable. Everything, it was like the yeah. size of a garbage can lid. Uh-huh. Remember the Whopper? Yeah. And they had ketchup on there, mustard, and mayonnaise. I never had it. I fell in love with it. The mayo and the ketchup and the mustard. So uh, I vote yes for mayo chup only in one squeeze bottle. I don't think the fans vote that high. What do you think? I vote. I vote yes too. I vote yes because I like it on fries. Right. I know it's an the, English yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. This is actually called fry sauce in like a lot of places. Like if you go to Wisconsin, a lot of the bars will serve this with their fries. Well, oh, they, they make it on their own, really or does Heinz already have it in those no, markets? No, it's not in the these yeah. silly looking bottles that Heinz is coming out with. <laughs> Silly looking bottle. Hey, come on. Someone just got a lot of money for those. <laughs> yeah, it is sort of silly looking when you look at it. <laughs> I guess uh, out west, southwest, that fry sauce that Erica refers to is quite common. All right, what the fans here in Chicago and around the world uh, on the internet, uh, what they say? Which do they, yes or no to mayo chup? 77% say yes. no to mayo chup. <laughs> no, huh? Yeah. Well, then don't yeah. buy it. Let's more, right. more for us, Fred. Well, see, the thing is, you don't have to buy it. You can always just take some mayo and take some ketchup <laughs> and just mix it in together. That's, that's we're, we're, we're in a hurry-up world. We don't have time to do all that. Yeah. Come on. want to thank all our guests today. Jesse Rogers. He's out, out. Jesse, he's at uh, Continental Toyota till 1 o'clock signing yeah. his book, Try Not to Suck. We've yeah. already got the sequel to it. LaGrange Road, just south. I'm sorry, just north 
of I-55. Also, Patrick Finley from the Sun-Times. Thanks yeah. a lot. And Eric Ostrowski, as always, all of his help. I'll be back tomorrow morning with Abdallah and Black. We'll have to be talking about the NBA playoffs. They start today. Catch most of them right here on ESPN 1000. Gotta go get my umbrella. Fred, we don't have time right now. What's up your can? Umbrellas at ball games? Baseball? Never. Never. No <laughs> ballpark should allow an umbrella. There's no umbrellas today at Toyota Park as the fire take on the Galaxy. What's up, Fred's can? And what's your beef, Murph? Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. See you later, everybody. M-I-C. See you real soon.